0: Tune in to the Neil Prendeville show, weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red
1: FM. Just got asked the question is it okay to come out now? Is it over? Is it all over? Is it about to be about to end? Is everybody gonna get their freedom back? The vaccinated, the boosted, the unvaccinated, every single person? It's certainly looking that way, isn't it? And today we'll tell a lot. We'll have a state of the nation address from Michal Martin. I'd say that's one that he's actually looking forward to later today uh, to address the nation, because all of the papers this morning are dominated. Uh, They think it's all over. Taoiseach will tonight declare an end to almost all COVID restrictions. Masks, probably, will be the last sting of a dying wasp, I suppose. Uh, But the Taoiseach to make a speech on lifting rules tonight. Curfews and passes can be scrapped and the pubs can open late. They might even be able to open late this weekend. Maybe I'm just maybe they wouldn't be able to open late this week. If you made an announcement at six o'clock, they might not have the staff. But certainly, I would think by Monday, wouldn't you? Like, um, it's it's summed up very well uh, in many of the red tops and little bullet points this morning. The front of the mail this morning just nails it. They say, Neffet has advised the cabinet it can lift almost every COVID-19 restriction, including social distancing, hospitality curfews and the use of COVID passes. All gone. Uh, this has been considered by Cabinet today. They'd hardly go against it. I mean, they, they struggle to get Neffet side a lot of the time. Neffet are making the running on this one. So they'll go for it. For sure they will. So mask wearing uh, can end on February the 28th. But up until then, that's probably the one thing that will be there. So you'll have workers also free to return to go back to work in the office on a phase basis. Like indoor and outdoor events can run to full capacity. And they decide it's appropriate and they could make that announcement tonight as well. Who knows? So, but pubs and restaurants and even nightclubs, they're saying, are likely to reopen fully I don't know about this weekend, but probably more than likely by Monday. So this morning's mirror says meet, drink and be merry. Uh, the two meter social distancing will also be gone. There'll be no limit to the number of household visits. Uh, I hope I'm not blinding you with info this morning, but that's actually what we're looking at now. Uh, so it was a long time coming, but it looks as if we're on the cusp of the big day. Meanwhile, um, it's a guy from Cassidy Travel makes the endo to say, say, you know, payday is only around the corner for a lot of people after a long, January, uh, COVID restrictions have been lifted. People are going to start looking at, at holidays. They're going to start looking at some destinations. They're going to start looking at their freedom more. And they're saying that they're seeing huge demands now uh, with pent up demand for bookings. And the recommendation and the, and the um, I suppose, the advice is well, they would say that the holiday industry, wouldn't they? But nonetheless, they're saying book early because prices could go up by 20% because of pent up Demand. in In other news, uh, interesting court reports for you. I know I've been honing in very much recently on on knife crime or knife possession. There's another one makes the echo today of a Cork man by the name of Aaron Babington. He's going to be cooling his heels in jail now for for six months. He was caught with two knives stuffed inside his trousers. He claimed he was minding them for a friend and that they were going to use them to cut steak. Well, I'll be darned. Uh, when searched, he had the two knives down inside the uh, the waistband of his pants. He was meeting a pal and they were going to go cut steak. That's what he told the guards. Uh, but he also said, when he was further questioned, that um, he said another man had gone to the toilet and asked him th- to hold the two knives for him. Um, and he says, it's true now that I'm a bigger fool to have done it for him. So he's in court yesterday. I get the impression that judges and courts are taking... Uh, knife possession an awful lot more seriously and rightly rightly so uh, talking of young people there was a right buzz in town yesterday i was inside around town yesterday and it was lovely to see what well, seemed to me i i'm going to take a flyer on this maybe first year college students had some kind of a bash on um because they were all done up to the night when i say up to the nines now they wear funky um you know uh, alternative um you know kind of crazy gear a lot of the time it looks fantastic But it was wonderful to see so many of them. And when I was going along the Grand Parade yesterday, uh, around about three o'clock, I saw some pals meeting up with other pals. And it looked to me as if they hadn't seen each other for a long, long time. And they they were about 18 or 19 years old. And I was thinking about myself when I was 18 or 19 years old on the same Cork streets. And I was thinking... God Almighty, it's just amazing how life goes on and the generations carry on and they take over the city from the generations gone before. It was a wonderful thing to see everybody in great form and hooking up with their mates and... Uh, doing the thing. Um, Meanwhile, of course, uh, there's a bit of an alarming story that makes uh, the papers this morning. I read it online last night, but the Echo picks up on it. They uh, researched 11,500 students across 21 higher education institutions across the country. They wanted to know how many of them were using or weren't using drugs. And it's quite alarming, actually. It's quite sad, really, because uh, of course it makes people, um, you know, unwell and can lead to all sorts of addictions. Much of the drugs that they're taking, but it also makes drug barons very, very wealthy and rich. So apparently, over half of the students researched uh, reported using illicit drugs, uh, and over a third of them uh, reporting drug use in the last twelve mo- in the last twelve months. So if you wanted to know what the most commonly used drugs. By, say, for instance, college students. Well, the number one is cannabis. The number two is cocaine. Number three is ecstasy. Then followed by ketamine. Uh, mushrooms, amphetamines, and the new psychoactive substances that are now available on the market. So cocaine number number two is an alarming one because that's increasing in all sections of society. It's becoming a lot more available and a lot cheaper, and of course makes an awful lot of people very very rich. It's a beautiful story in the Echo of a couple that met back in 2019 on the train. Apparently, it was the Cork to Cove train. Ashling Devitt and Donnica Long. Uh, the echo. The echo this morning says they locked eyes as they sat across from each other on the train service from Cove to Cork. Over two years later, they were back at Kent Station for their wedding photographs. <laughs> and there's lovely photographs of the two of them. They just look a million dollars and so so happy. And one of the photographs is fabulous uh, with the station manager Ray Foley looking on with a big be- <laughs> with a big beaming smile on him as they take a kiss next to the big old steam train at Kent. It's a great story with lovely photographs. Of course, Boris Johnson's being photographed as well well but they're trying to find the worst of them these days now because issues for boris johnson go from bad to worse now there are claims uh, that um, um mps were being bullied and blackmailed to back him i don't know if that ever happened here where where the the whips within the political parties would say to mps if you don't back boris your constituency will get no money <laughs> you you can't be doing that I mean, that's roguery of the highest order. Bit like the rogue builders that they're trying to crack down on the mirror this morning says that uh, the doll is very busy at the moment trying to put a bill together that will get, uh, that will legally stop rogue builders getting planning permission. So the rogue builders will get planning permission stopped, but it won't stop the rogue builders for doing rogue jobs that you ask them to do. And RT, you're also making the papers this morning because they say that they're going to chase down Artie, you're going to chase down uh, the thousands and thousands of people who just continue not to pay their television license. I wonder when they eventually do track down the people who haven't paid their 160 euro, will they it for all of the years that they haven't paid their television license? I mean, you could have somebody that has never paid a television license and is watching television 30 years. I mean, think about the thousands and backdated money. But the story of the day, apart from all of the great news COVID-wise, has got to be the story of Millie the Jack Russell. Apparently, uh, Millie slipped the lead there uh, a few days ago and was missing for two days. When Millie was eventually spotted, the Jack Russell was caught on the mud flaps, mud flats, I should say, um, and was was very very slow to come out. Probably was frightened, wouldn't move. All sorts of people tried to rescue her: the Coast Guard, the police, volunteers, kayaks swung into action. And the tide was closing in around Millie. Nothing was happening. It was in a place called Farlington Marshes in the UK. So what they decided to do was to get a drone, right? So they got the drone and they got a long, 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 long piece of string or twine. And they tied a sausage to the end of it. And they flew the drone over Millie with the sausage, just tempting her, inches away. Of course, her interest picked up big t- So would mine, actually. If, you, if I was in the middle of a mud flat or anywhere, inside a burning building, whatever the case may be, and somebody was tempting me with a sausage, I'm done, I'm there, I'm after the sausage. And so was Millie. So apparently, the drone swung um, just above Millie's nose with the sausage. And she was slowly but surely lured out following the sausage. <laughs> I hope she got to eat it when she actually got out or maybe even more than one. But it's a lovely, lovely story. And then the other one that interests me, because we all can relate to, um, did you leave the immersion on? Did you leave the immersion on? You're kind of like 150 miles from home, up the Dublin road. Did you leave the immersion on? It was the guy, apparently, who experienced the worst uh, immersion nightmare. Apparently, a buddy from next door was in the house for some reason. It's a Dubliner called Keith Doyle. And it was his buddy discovered uh, that he had left the immersion on for drum roll, seven years. <laughs> Could you imagine it? The immersion one, do you not see the little orange light flashing? No, not flashing, but on, bold and orange. So I don't know how he's ever going to recover from that. I have no idea what it cost him. He's lucky he at a boiler that worked after seven years. Seven years. I wonder what's the worst home or household nightmare you ever had. Text 086... Eight one zero four one zero six. There's lots of other stories. We'll come back to them throughout the course of the morning. The Neil Prenderville Show. Seven years. I'd never get over it. I'd would le- never. I'd take to the bed and I'd never get up. Uh, of course, we heard great research there by Lana a few minutes ago. Meatloaf, U.S. singer, has died at the age of seventy-four. Uh, an incredible career. I mean, he had incredible highs and lows. Sold masses of albums. Uh, he had ten best-selling ab- albums, um, and Battle of Hell remained one of the top ten best-selling albums of all time. In total, he had everything up. He sold 100 million albums. He wrote some of his own music. By and large, Jim Steinman wrote all of the big hits, so probably made a little bit more money than Meatloaf did, but Meatloaf made it touring and concerts, and he played the biggest arenas in the world and some of the smaller. So I know he played all sorts of arenas, and uh, he played Parky Cueve and stuff like that here on Lee's side. Uh, may have I, know, I think he might have played the marquee. But when he was down, there were times when he continued to tour. And I actually saw Meatloaf play live at Neptune Stadium. At Neptune Stadium, many, many. It was probably in the nineties when things weren't going so great for Meatloaf. But he kept on bouncing back. And he died overnight at the age of seventy-four.
0: And I would do any-
1: And you have absolutely broken my heart every one of those is just incredible, it's just incredible, I mean imagine if I was to suggest to people pick one of those songs and we'll play it a little later on I mean no, you don't have a mic there pal but it's absolutely hit after hit after hit after hit he just kept on delivering didn't he, it was an incredible thing uh, I'll open it up to you guys to choose I know the lads played a song, what did they play? They played a song there about 20 to 9, a meet love song I'll let you guys choose, uh, text 86 and we'll play a Meat Love song a little later on this morning, but God knows what one you'd pick, because there's just an incredible selection. Well done, he's running from studio to studio. I mean, how many, how many were, that was about 10, was it? I think it was, yeah. I mean, it was
2: absolutely, uh, I it took about 15 minutes to get all those songs together, and it was such an
1: enjoyable. It's actually quite because it was like
2: it was like this. Music is incredible. This is, it's so
1: good. So when you take a hit in isolation. There's far meatloaf. Oh, yeah, it was great. Oh yeah, a couple of hits. But bang, bang, bang. bang
2: and I could have I could have put more in as well. I mean, it, it was there was so many. So uh, yeah, I don't. Then if, if people want to choose what their favourite meatloaf one play Paradise later, paralysed
1: by the dashboard light. I've not heard that so in years. Good. Yeah, and
2: also it's like a song in two parts because there's the the, the the first half is totally different from the second half. They're like they're like rock operas. They're they so are. Good. are they? They're like yeah. rock
1: arias or rock yeah. operas or whatever. Well done. Great work. So, listen, the challenge now is to the good listeners to pick for themselves, uh, because I certainly couldn't. Text 0868104106, and the biggest request of Meatloaf song will give it a spell, a spin. Apparently, a text coming up here from Kieran O'Malley of the Southern Star. Thanks, Kieran. He says, Meatloaf was meant to play Wilburys in Bandon at one stage. Times have, must have been very tough. I think it was then moved to Neptune. Fair play, Kieran, at the Southern Star. Maybe that was the case. I suppose it was a time when things weren't going so great. He was probably musically out of favor, but bounced back again like he did many, many times. And I saw him in the Neptune. Um, and that was easily, certainly the mid-90s, I think. I think it was Sullivan brought the gig into Cork at the time. Uh, maybe he might be around. He could tell us a little bit more about that, but dies at the age of 74 overnight. Um, a very good friend. I haven't seen him many, many years. Breda Maloney, uh, now Breida Nyan. But God, she was the biggest meatloaf fan and probably is heartbroken today with the news. Okay, more on that later. What people aren't heartbroken with, of course, is the announcement that's going to be made a little later on today. Cabinet will meet today. They'll chat about it. They'll do a bit of, uh, of back and forth banter. But I think the deal is done. It's just about when. The weekend, Monday, lifting all sorts of restrictions and of course one of the ones of course that everybody will be glad to see the back of and that's not just people who late to go for a drink or a bit of food but the owners of hospitality business, the workforce, and all of the suppliers that have been supplying them over the years, uh, whose supplies actually have tripled, trickled way down because of the restricted opening hours. Um, And that, of course, is everybody in hospitality and everybody in the pub trade. Uh, And it's been a long, long road um, and many, many conversations with Michael O'Donovan. He owns the fantastic Castle Inn on the South Main Street and is the VFI chairperson in Cork. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Well, it looks like you're coming out of, I suppose, quarantine yourselves as an industry. How do you feel?
3: Yeah, I think it's a momentous day. You know, last night when we got, I suppose, the breaking news around nine o'clock, uh... The phones lit up, I, I suppose it was unexpected, it's happening so fast, but look, it's no more than, if we turn the clock back to quarter past ten, March 14th, 2020, it happened so
1: fast as That's well. true, but who would have thought it would have been making the running?
3: Yeah, nobody would have thought that, you know, they've been very conservative yeah. up to now. Yeah. Uh, they've been very, I suppose, tough on us in the hospitality industry. And now uh, to see what they've come out with yesterday, it's just, you know, yes, it's taken us by surprise. But, uh, you know, it's it's a great day for us because, you know, we, we, we've, we've had tough days. We've had very tough days. I've been on to you many, a time many over times over the last yeah. 22 months, um, you know, I've had members on the phone to me over the last 22 months, grown men crying on the phone, not knowing what to do. You know, how are they going to pay the, the mortgage, the bank loan? And look, today is a day of optimism and look, looking forward, it's just, it's just a
1: moment to stay. Is it a time also to remember those that fell by the wayside? I mean, you said you were 22, 22 months on life support. Not everybody in your trade survived on life support.
3: No, unfortunately not. And look, it's, I suppose, look, we saw last September here in Cork, we lost 36 uh, licences that didn't renew, Right. Uh, I suppose. When you say September, Cork,
1: is that all the county?
3: All the county, yeah. And look, next year, or this year, I suppose, when we get to September, uh, it's, it's really the barometer that we use every year. Uh, at the end of September, how many renew the licence? the expectation is look we'll probably lose another few um, and it's hard you know talking to members that are uh, ex-members that have gone out of the trade now um but look for the rest of us that are in the trade today um it's huge day. It's it
1: is huge yeah day. and also in country areas although uh, it's not really your brief uh, being in the city but many many country pubs with the closure of the pubs and then the eight o'clock restrictions uh, an awful lot of people who live in rural areas missed the pub and could never even get to it before eight o'clock anyway and they missed the camaraderie and they missed their friends you know it was their it was their yeah, place to go it's huge relief for them with regards to isolation and loneliness
3: absolutely look i, I represent Cork county as well so oh, my apologies, uh, oh, dealing, yeah, dealing with with them uh, um uh, it's 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 huge for them because you know what i've been hearing for the month of december you know lots of farmers especially you know in in rural ireland uh they don't finish on the you know the yards until seven That's half true. seven eight yeah. o'clock. So yeah. like getting to the pub for eight o'clock was just n- yeah. a non-runner. Yeah. And like lots of publicans just did not even open because they knew their core business wouldn't be able to get to them. So you know today for them it's it's about reopening the doors uh, in the coming days, and uh, I suppose getting getting communities back interacting again. Because you know one thing we've heard so much over the last twenty two months is uh, elderly people have been very you know slow in coming. Socialising, this now for them is it's a lifeline to get back out. I know it, for us it's business, but for them it's ordinary everyday stuff. Yeah, um, and you know it, it's great that we'll be able to interact. You know, small things like picking the horses, doing the lasso. Yeah, sm- yeah. small little things like this.
1: But it's what makes life for them. And ju- just to just to clarify, there'll be no more COVID passes on the door, no more QRs, no more giving names and phone numbers, no restrictions on the amount of people that consider a table. You can get a pint of the bar. That's what we're looking at, isn't it?
3: yes that's what we understand from the Neffet uh, letters so look uh, the bar counter for us is the hub of our pubs you know it's the heartbeat of everything that goes on in the pub and it's what makes an, a pub a pub really and mm. um, so to see our bar counters coming back uh, will be a huge bonus for us because it, it's where you know the social interaction takes place it's where the banter takes place uh, things that we've missed and look there's a lot of staff I suppose out there that have actually never seen uh, work across a bar counter you know and it'll be a new- Experience for them, but you know it'll be it'll be great. It, it's it's the Irish way of doing things is across the bar counter, and yeah. um, so like it's it's great that we're getting yeah. back to our cultures. You put it so well.
1: And tell me this: I mean, we don't know when, do we? One of the red tops this morning is saying he may make an announcement that would allow this to happen from tomorrow. Others are saying it could be Monday.
3: Yeah, we look. All we know right now is. Ten o'clock this morning, the three party leaders are meeting. They'll set out a provisional timeline. Um, look, we'll probably get a snippet maybe after that, but the full cabinet meet at three o'clock. And uh, look, from half past three on, we'll 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 get.
1: But you won't be caught on the hop it. then. Say even if it is say Monday, you know, with staff. Would, I'm just wondering about the pubs and pub restaurants. Will they be able to have staff or stock?
3: Yeah, look, um, staffing. I suppose first, you know. um Pubs, look, we've been operating up to 8 o'clock. Lots of pubs prior to Christmas left people go. Staffing will be an issue. Um, and look, for the first week or two, maybe pubs might decide you know, to open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, but in the coming weeks, I would hope that they will, we'll get back to the full opening. Um, but we'll be ready to go, the majority of us.
1: Yeah, so you think that not everybody will be ready to open. I, I mean, I know a lot of pubs, Closed for January. Um, I'm wondering now whether this would tempt them back. I, th- I think this
3: the, this will definitely tempt them back because a lot of them, what I was hearing, is they just couldn't operate uh, under the 8 o'clock closing because they wouldn't have, as, a, as I alluded to their you know, custom um, staff who had been very unfair to... You know, let some staff go um, and keep others. So they decided to close. But um, I'm sure when, you know, what I heard is that when restrictions were lifted, they were telling me we'll, we'll go then. So I would say that a lot more will start to open okay. now once restrictions are lifted. Okay,
1: okay. Do you think there's going to be one unmerciful party?
3: Um, look, I suppose people may be hesitant for the first couple of days, but look, hopefully, I don't know if it'll be one or a merciful party, but hopefully, you know, people will come back um, and we'll will see. Will the
1: trade try and tempt them back with anything? I mean, I don't know how you would do that, carrot and stick kind of thing.
3: Um, look I, I don't know it'll be for each individual pub I suppose but look the, the most important thing is that we keep people safe and people feel safe when they come in you know so um, I think we'll have to uh, to work on it and look see how it goes really I hope be that, there's no yeah.
1: going, that there's no going back from this again <laughs> you know? oh yeah we a... don't, look,
3: don't even mention all, that yeah all due respect I, I hope you won't be phoning me for a very very long time <laughs> <laughs> let's leave it at that excellent Kenneth, way to I, finish
1: I, I, I mean that in the best way I take that in the way it's meant fair play to you listen um, if I don't ever talk to you again have a nice life <laughs> thank you very much Neil thank you Finners Federation of Ireland Cork City and County Chairperson Michael O'Donovan owner of the Castle Inn and he is right the bar counter is the centre of his pub it's the centre of the focal point of most pubs is where most of the banter takes place and that could be said also of uh, Barry's and Douglas Peter Collins good morning Good morning, Neil. Exciting times ahead. Hopefully now the mist is has the mist is clearing and it will never descend again. Um what what, what you thinking on all of this? you uh, you good to go from Monday?
4: We're well, look I suppose look as, as Mike said there, first of all we will have to wait and see, unfortunately. It would yeah. be great to, to know. Um but look whatever whatever we look we, we welcome any e- easing of the restrictions. Um, you know, once the government make that announcement, uh, and we'll be good to go. We'll be good to go tonight. We'll be good to go tomorrow. We'll be good to go next week. You, we, you give us the go ahead. The government gives the go ahead, and cause, we do
1: it. Because there've been a lot of opening and closing and restrictions. It was hard to keep up at one stage, and then a lot of places, de- you know, it's did only food and others did no food. You know, that'll all be gone now, won't it?
4: Yeah, and look, you know, look, you you see the way the public have have behaved immaculately through the whole thing, and they've been, you know, they've, they've, um, you know, uh, they've taken on board what's what we've had to do, and they've come in early, they've come in late, they've they've come back to us when we've shut down, and all the different permutations that has gone on, and I I just think, you know, give it, you know, let's get all these. restrictions out of the way and uh, we'll get back to a normal semblance of trade but I, I I do think that people will have missed going out and have missed the spontaneity thing. oh I want to go for a pint rather than having to book and all the sort. Yeah. of yeah. Obstacles that might
1: have been in the way, and I need uh, two you know, tables, that, but you can only have one. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
4: and 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 all that. And look, they, they were there for for all the reasons, and they were explained to us. And I, I think you know we've we've come out of this whole uh, uh, pandemic, you know, v- you know, quite well. So look, you know, let's let's look forward and not look back. And uh, but I think the public have, you know, will. will will come back in droves uh, to, to all our favourite premises because um, that's what Irish people
1: do. You don't do. think they'll be slightly opted? Some of them might be a little hesitant to begin with. It's only natural if they were. Uh,
4: it, it's only natural, and I, I'm sure there will be. But, but you know, give it time like like anything else and we'll, we, we we get back to, to normality. And I think that's what everybody's looking forward to.
1: Yeah, I know what you're saying. You, you invested an awful lot in the outdoors, didn't you? That'll stand to you now going forward and, and others like you.
4: Yeah, and and everybody else, but but our, our particular in, our location there in in Douglas, um, we had a great summer. Um, uh, unfortunately, then you know at the end of that, then the more restrictions came in, and, and it made it made a it little bit more difficult. Um, but yeah, we're looking forward to a great season. And um, again, you know, people now have a taste for. Uh, outside uh, entertainment and hospitality, whereas before, maybe a couple of years ago, uh, it would be seen as being uh, a little bit, you know, we're in
1: Ireland, why would we do that? That's so, right, Yeah, you know, I want to be indoors, you know, I, I want to be at the counter, yeah. 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 Exactly, a, a,
4: cold, a cold, wet night uh, outside isn't uh, isn't a cold, wet night do, do, do
1: you know, we're talking about people going back, I mean, a lot of people, of course, are set, more set in their ways now for home drinking, they've got used to that, or dining at home and things. Can can publicans do anything to tempt them back? I know there's all sorts of rules and laws now, pre- you know, preventing you from doing two for ones or happy hours and stuff like that, isn't there?
4: Um, well, look, I think I think people were were enjoying um, having a drink at home um, always, um, but uh, you know, look, you, you you know quite well, and um, the public know quite well. There's nothing like coming into a bar and having a pint in the bar, and you know, I think that that speaks for itself. Um, uh, I, you know, I, I just think there's something great about about coming into an Irish pub and sitting down and having a pint I know
1: I think it would be great though if the pubs decided that they all as many as they could would put live music in as fast as they can to get bands and musicians and jocks back working as well
4: yeah I mean that that, that side of the industry actually goes a little bit unnoticed I have a couple of friends now in in the production side of uh, live music and you know there's one one or two guys there they haven't worked in in two years you know no income whatsoever you know so you know that 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 side of the industry has has been very very hard you know uh, been very difficult for the p- um, so, yeah, again, look, we've St. Patrick's Day coming up, an extra day there, I think, now, and a lot of bank holidays coming up. A so to I'm look sure. for it, yeah. I, yeah, I'm sure people will be booking. I, I know I know that myself, that once the um, announcements are made, I'll be a hot foot
1: on the phone uh, to all our, our people that have uh, uh, come in and provide entertainment for us here. Good man, it's important to give back and to support. And just finally, will, will everything be okay staff-wise? Because, uh, you know, an awful lot of people, of course, migrated away from hospitality. Will, will, that, will it be able to cope?
4: I think I think it will. Yeah, I think. Look, I, it, I, you know, there was there was always difficulty in in recruiting staff and hospitality uh, prior to the pandemic. It, it probably it probably got even more difficult uh, during it. But you know, again, you you open up, um, you know, you you start trading, you get notice out there. People will come back there. I I have I I have no worry about that. But. <laughs> it, might, might require a little more hard work on everybody's behalf but look we've been closed for long enough we're, we're only looking forward.
1: You're happy to roll the sleeves up. Well done. for good stuff. Absolutely. Peter thanks. Uh, have a great weekend and whatever is coming over the weekend and early next week best of luck with it. Alright cheers for now. Thank you. Peter okay. Collins of Barry's and Douglas. Can I just also say that um, I recently had a, a lamb shank in Barry's in Douglas and it is absolutely incredible. It's one of the best lamb shanks I've had outside of France and the French know how to do it. It comes in A beautiful bowl, gorgeous mash, fabulous root vegetables, and the most fantastic lamb gravy. It's well worth checking out. Back after the break.
0: This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at NeilRedFM, 104 to 106 Red FM. FM. So
1: it's a very happy, happy day for everybody. And that includes everybody uh, when this announcement is made, not just the vaccinated, not just the vaccinated and boosted, but those that didn't choose to get a vaccination either. Doors will all open to them as well. Bear in mind, of course, there'll be masks knocking around for another four or five weeks. But other than that, we're expecting... Huge announcements later today. I did mention also, uh, and the travel industry would say this, wouldn't they? They would say, listen, book early because prices are going to go up and they could go up by as much as 20% or more. I also see this morning that Ryanair are throwing the kitchen sink. Unfortunately, it's Dublin Airport. Believe it or not, they will have 900 weekly flights available to 120 destinations out of Dublin Airport. They really are ramping it up certainly the summer schedule they're thinking it would be their biggest largest summer schedule out of dublin airport ever i don't know what the consequences of that will be for cork owen Corey might have a better idea he's with the uh, he's the editor of travel extra and he joins me by phone owen good morning good morning neil that's an incredible number of flights isn't it and then the travel industry saying book early prices are going to go up are they saying that in anticipation of our freedom is it well, they
5: uh, book early prices are going to go up is, uh, with everything uh, with Michael O'Leary or Eddie Wilson now says comes with an agenda. Uh, the, st- the state of the night, oh, play out there for the airline industry is everyone is booking so late, it's driving them bonkers. Is that right? They're trying to, they're trying to make decisions on routes, not just Ryanair, but every airline in Europe, Aer Lingus, we're going to have to make big decisions on some of their North American routes. Yeah, and but like, Owen, I'm surely
1: all that's, all, that, all that's changed now, surely. The game has changed now from today. Uh,
5: the game has changed uh, but the consumer confidence takes a little bit longer to filter through the system and consumer confidence is is, is, like bit by bit the travel restrictions we had uh, the big probably game changer was travel within the european union became more uh, predictable last july with the digital covid certificate. but consumers have been uh, the last part of this chain to move
1: Yeah, but you would think now that people would be very, very excited. Do you know when you get a bit of good news, you start planning ahead and you start thinking about the things I'm going to do and this is what I'm going to do first and then I'm going to do this. And I imagine right up there will be I'm going to book a sun holiday and there'll be no PCRs and there'll be no locator forms and there'll be no antigen tests and I can go anywhere. I'm going to book it now.
5: Absolutely. Uh, there, there's no doubt the pent up demand is there. The problem is uh, the experience of consumers with uh, refunds, the experience with uh, the, you know decisions to travel, the whole uh, antipathy towards travel that prevails through summer 2020 and into the beginning of 2021. All of that weighed on them. And um, you, you think know, there's, there's still some
1: of that hesitancy there? Do you think like, like there might uh, be hesitancy to go into a pub? Yeah.
5: Without a doubt, Neil. They, um, you know, the government's moved, uh, the health authorities moved, the airline aviation industry, put, you know, in fairness, Ryanair put a huge ambitious inventory on for 2021 and filled most of those seats. Uh, next year is going to be even more ambitious. And uh, those routes they're talking about out of Dublin, that's bigger than 2019. i have just back late last night from Spain, I yeah. met the Minister for Tourism and the CEO of the uh, tourist body there and they're saying their capacity is up. Uh, to key locations, like the Canary Islands, like the Balearics by about eight nine percent on two thousand and nineteen, but, but the seats have yet to be sold now. this is where the punter could really win um, if the average the, the lead in if we were having this conversation three years ago, uh, the lead in to a Ryanair flight was about six weeks six weeks they know how many seats they 've sold they can do with prices, they can cancel and consolidate flights if there 's not enough sold. The lead in now is about two weeks. And it's very wow. hard for them to make decisions. Two weeks. And it's, it's, what do
1: you mean by a yeah, lead-in time? What does that mean? Yeah, it means that when most of the bookings are made. Two weeks before travel?
5: Two weeks before travel. That's incredible. And, you know, you will have the people who are going to a wedding or a christening or whatever and they'll have booked way out. You'll have uh, people, you know, that know they have to be there in October will book way out. But what's of interest to the aviation industry is when you reach uh, that critical mass that the uh, the aircraft
1: pays for itself. So why don't they do more sales then, you know? I see one of them, for instance, TUI are doing, um, you get a hundred discount when you spend a grand kind of thing. That's what, yeah. So
5: I say it's going to be good for the punter. We've had, uh, if you look at the pattern of sales, wine urging sales always have done sales. It's always been uh, January, okay, travel in March, Book by January the uh, 24th. Uh, this year's sales around Christmas were travel any time you want during 2022. Yeah, booked by January. So what they're doing is they're using the sales, which they're very good at. To see the level of consumer sentiment out there. Yeah. Now, what they did in December, mid-December, I think it was around the 17th, was they put in that big all-summer sale. I've never seen anything like it from Ryanair before. I think they did something similar back in the global financial recession 2010. But what that did was gauged the appetite in the market.
1: And was there appetite?
5: Uh, Evidently from yesterday's announcement, they've decided to go for it and they wouldn't have made that decision to go for it if they
1: was wholesale reluctance. And the go they're for it gam- was the 900 flights out of Dublin a week. <laughs> Absolutely. Mother they're they're
5: gambling a little bit. They're gambling a little bit on it, but they, Ryanair's gamble has always worked. The uh, history of Ryanair has been built on three recessions. um, Famously, they went off to Seattle and bought a whole load of cut-price aircraft immediately after 9-11 or within months of 9-11. Famously, during the global financial recession, they went in with seat sales when all the other airlines were cutting capacity. And they went from being the fifth or sixth biggest in Europe to being the second biggest. That's amazing, yeah. Now they are by by way ahead, the biggest airline in Europe in passenger numbers, because they've left... um, Left time
1: to Yeah, and they're hitting the destinations that people want to travel to. Like the papers this morning were reporting the top European destinations are Spain, Italy, Greece, Portugal. And very interestingly, Croatia is a big, a big uh, um, destination now for Irish people. Why wouldn't it okay. be? It's probably gorgeous. Yeah,
5: I, I'm not sure about Croatia because if you take uh, the entire Irish, the numbers of Irish that go to uh, Croatia... Uh, a village in Spain will do the same for a year. But they, <laughs> seriously, Santa Ponza Okay, Neil, you laugh, but Santa no, Ponte, I think it's uh,
1: brilliantly put. Yeah, you'll never beat the Canaries.
5: <laughs> Santa Ponza in Mallorca uh, a place yeah. a place we all know well. We'll have, uh, on average, between three and four thousand Irish people living in it. Um, for the entire year for the entire summer because that's where so many Irish go it's a line of Irish barrels so you get uh, people say oh yeah this is the new coming destination but let's get let's cut get, get to the chase here people are first of all with consumer confidence people are a little bit nervous they're going to go back to where it's from that's true and Spain and Portugal are more than 70% of our entire sales that's true
1: that's true. And but that's I just, where
5: they're going yeah, back to. Yeah. And you can see it by the, the trunk routes. You like the, the Malaga routes, the Faro routes in Portugal, uh, Palma de Mallorca. The number of flights uh, would be more in a week and all the airports in yeah. uh, not yeah. only Croatia It's even Australia. great to be having these yeah.
1: conversations it's just a great day all around Can I, One of the reasons and just finally that I asked you to come on is um, I'm very confused Of people are coming and going in and out of Ireland or out overseas I know of people in Thailand now at the moment wondering do they need a PCR to get back in do they need a locator form where are we at the borders now finally with regards to vaccinated boosted PCRs and stuff like that
5: Borders are clear. Uh, Travelling within Europe and will remain so. Uh, the Omicron scare before uh, in December, Europe held its shape. It was a big test moment for that year. Digital COVID search. What is complicated? Remember, let's get, let's cut to the chase here. You, before this, you people travelled with two things. They travelled with a boarding pass. Usually on their phone and a passport. Yeah. Now you need those boarding pass, passport, your certificates of vaccination or your vaccination history it could be a recovery cert and a locator form. Almost every country has a locator form and that's a little bit, you know, that's the one that people are failing a little bit on because it is a bit complicated. It asks you the date of the second vaccination. One of them, uh, the one I filled out for Canada before I went there, said, "Ask me the date for my first vaccination. Nobody actually has that. And um, Make it up. With, <laughs> yeah, within Europe, it's going to be good. Long haul, though, Neil, is complicated. We, you know, so you're um, telling me uh, within any
1: European Union country, you all you need is proof of vaccination or proof of recovery from COVID. That's it. Okay, and, and outside of Europe,
5: and locator form, and locator form as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and everyone forgets the locator form coming back to Ireland. It's havoc at the airport every night. But do fill that up as well, and it does take. It does look for your air code and stuff like that, which most. people Yeah, but you
1: do it in sixty seconds, though. It's easy.
5: Uh, that Neil Cendal <laughs> might do it in sixty seconds. Uh, <laughs> (laughs) and uh, a 12-year-old would do it in 60 seconds, but most people stall at things like, uh, for instance, the municipality in Spain. There are 8,000 municipalities, and by God, if you fill in Cambrian when you're staying in Toulouse, there'll be a war. But anyway, uh, there's the four things. Remember that. Passport, your boarding pass, your locator form, and that certificate or vaccination history there. Now, long haul, very complicated because the wind changes very quickly. We saw what Hong Kong did this week. We saw what Thailand did. They opened to vaccinators, and then they decided to say, you know, oh, no, we really don't. Australia seems to make it up every day as, as they get out of bed every day. But the really important thing is that 80 countries around the world now recognize the European digital COVID search. So we're in a good place in terms of international travel. We have the right documentation to get us into most of the world but as I say long haul has going to be a bit complicated and what's uh, long haul coming
1: uh, back what do, wh- like when would you need a PCR positive negative
5: uh, uh, coming back to Ireland you're, fi- you're, you're, um, you're fine the, the, the testing requirement has been uh, has been removed that's
1: gone for everywhere around the world coming home that can change
5: in a second that can change in a flash uh, now the the um there is a requirement for instance uh PCR you you uh, PCR outbound to some countries. yes but and yeah. antigen outbound to america for instance but common
1: home kind of- you're just welcome home. Yeah. Fantastic. Home. And of course, we know that Western Australia has pushed back reopening the areas around Perth, of course. That was supposed to be February. There's so a lot of Irish people wanted to go to visit family. I know of one particular woman who has had three grandchildren she's never seen, and has now had to disappointingly cancel her trip in February.
5: It's a nightmare because uh, there are a lot of Australians, their own citizens stranded around the world that can't get back in. Uh, When they removed the restriction on mandatory hotel quarantine, they removed it in Sydney and Melbourne and didn't remove it in Perth, Adelaide or Brisbane. So Australia's policies are infinitely complicated. And uh, there's another problem, and that's just price. With so many Australians waiting to get back, um, you know, they're the prices aren't going to settle down to the levels that really we need to be travelling frequently to yeah, Australia. Yeah. And I'm missing it too, by the way. I get out there every year, but I haven't seen it since 2019.
1: I hope, let you, I hope they let you in. They didn't let your buddy Djokovic um. in.
5: <laughs> I was the old joke about uh, when they're asked if you have a criminal record, I didn't think you still needed one. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's don't in great form. In. Don't, don't use it on the immigration, guys. They've no uh, the
1: humour. It was in great form this morning. Fair play to you, and Have a great weekend. Thanks Bye for always idea. being a have available. Take again. care. Stay Cheers. Owen Curry, always available, editor of Travel Extra. You can get involved in his conversation and follow him on Facebook. Back after the break. Neil's got a new number. Call him now on
0: 0818
1: uh, Actually, Bernie on the north side says she's drooling at the description of the uh, lamb shank. He said, with well, the fella from Barry's give a few of those lamb shanks away on the air on your show to get us back in, says Bernie on the north side. I'll check in and see if they will. I'm quite sure Peter Collins would be up for that. They also do a very good seafood curry, incidentally. But, I'll come back to that. We've got Oak Fire Pizza today because it's Friday. A big day, of course, uh, for the country and indeed also here on side. Another way of celebrating is you in the workplace perhaps winning pizza for you and all of your gang. So, six of the largest pizzas, garlic breads, the potatoes, the drinks, the dips and the desserts. So, all of this will feed 15 of you easily. Not a bother. So, text who you are and where you are to 868 104-106. We'll do the first lash of shout-outs around about 20 minutes past 10 this morning. So text who you are and where you are, 868 106 We'll do the draw later on, and someone will win pizza for 15 people uh, with all of the sides from Oak Farm Pizza. And if you're getting pizza the weekend, check them out. Oak Farm Pizza, Real Wood Fire Pizza, Clonakilty, Bandon, Princess Street, Gillaby Street, and Douglas Village. So get texting. Back after 10.
0: Hey, it's Dave.
6: Join me weekdays from 4 for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from
0: 4. Dave Max Drive. 104
1: to 106. Red FM. This is the Neil Frienderville Show. Yes, indeedy. Uh, Off to a great start this morning with a lot of positivity with regards to whatever announcement is going to be made later on today. Of course, there was a sad announcement overnight. The death of meatloaf at the age of 74. And you guys have been texting and texting. I asked you to do so. It's very hard for me to... Pick a song and know that everybody would happy 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 with the choice, so it's better to ask you guys and then to judge the responses by text. I have to say so far and hopefully we'll get a second one in between now and midday today, but definitely so far, way out ahead from the point of view of your choice of a meatloaf song meatloaf song, is this one. downloads on spotify of meatloaf across the weekend will be astronomical two out of three ain't bad we'll squeeze in another one so keep texting your favorite to 086 8104 so lovely lovely text from a chap by the name of tony he says neil thank you for playing meatloaf's two out of three ain't bad i used to sing that song to my late wife She passed away from COVID late last year. So sorry to hear that, Tony. That song is for you and for your beautiful, beautiful wife, especially for you. Can I also just uh, wish a happy birthday for the weekend. On Sunday, the one and only Pat Dunn celebrates his birthday. Good guy, all-round lovely guy, brother of the late super jock Ted Dunn. And Pat is uh, celebrating his birthday uh, this coming Sunday. And lots of people are in touch with me, asking me to wish him well. And I'm happy to do so. So happy birthday, Pat, for Sunday from all your family, all of your friends all over the city and the county, and everybody here as well at Red FM. Now, Meatloaf, so so far I know that he played City Hall in 1985, he certainly played Mill Street, he certainly played Connor Castle, he definitely played the Marquee, and as I said, he played Neptune. And then there was a bit of confusion about the date, and thank you to those of you that texted me to say, because I was at that Neptune Stadium gig, it was January 1990, so thank you all for that. Apparently, Brian Ring says it was actually a gig that was moved from the Monster Arms. Uh, here's a picture from the Echo uh, when it was moved over to Neptune. And he sent me, I don't know where you got that picture from, Brian. Maybe you're just a huge Meatloaf fan. But he has it nonetheless. Due to an unprecedented demand for tickets, the Meatloaf concert has been switched from Bandon to Neptune Stadium. January 31st, tickets purchased at the original ven- venue are valid for Neptune and of course they'd opened up lots more bookings and the tickets were being booked and bought at the time in golden discs so we're back at uh, January 1990 for that I got a text in saying to me this morning you need to talk to Brian Morey the meatloaf impersonator the texter says he is unreal and Brian joins me by phone Brian good morning
6: Hi Neil. How are you I'm doing? good
1: pal devastated with the news of your idols passing um,
6: very sad, yeah. My my sister actually amazing. The whole social media works, My sister sent me a message from Turkey. She lives in Turkey, and she sent me a message early this morning. And the last time she sent me a message, she got the person wrong. It was Jim Steinman that passed away. <laughs> so I thought, actually, ah, she's she's actually getting the wrong person again. I know, but then everybody started sending me messages that he was dead. Yeah, and yeah. Was So very very. Sad. The was,
1: two the two of them are gone. The like. man who wrote the songs, Steinman, and the man who sang the songs, yeah, Meatloaf. Yeah, yeah.
6: It's the end of a. Uh, and the, the two of them and just, they, they were so kind of um, they're they cross generations I suppose even even nowadays when I'm singing meatloaf songs I don't all just sing meatloaf songs but when I sing meatloaf songs young people,
1: middle aged people, elderly people
6: they all love it you
1: know. And, and you know this passing and the story of his death of course will encourage even more people of a younger generation to check out his music but was he I mean I know that he died with his wife by his side and his daughters and friends so mm-hmm. he must have been unwell for a while do you know anything about that?
6: Yeah, no, I know that he had, um, he was very unwell for a while, he he had very bad back trouble, he had operations on his back and they were, they were a bit botched, and um, so he was suffering big time with his back, and Meatloaf was very bad, he had very bad asthma as well, he was very bad asthmatic, yeah. and that was putting a kind of an added strain on his heart, and everything recently as well, um, so he put up some videos on Facebook, um, and you could even see that he was kind of... Aging a lot in the last kind of two or three years. I oh, saw and a couple of photographs. Percent. He looked.
1: He looked quite frail. He had lost an incredible he amount of weight. He yeah, did not, yeah. not half the
6: behemoth he was. Kind of when he was. The behemoth. And also, yeah. Well
1: said. Yeah. yeah. And he. I mean, he had highs and lows. And even from the point of view of places that he played in Cork or in Ireland. I mean, he played the biggest venues in Ireland, all over, and then yeah. some of the smaller ones. Yeah. Like he he went from the Point to Neptune's at different periods in his career.
6: He did, and it's what's funny, actually, his his book, did, his autobiography, um, or biography, I think, actually, but he kind of had a, a, an input into the, the content of it, but he was playing in Mill Street, and things were so kind of bad that they were playing, it was like, he they called it like a big hay barn. It must have been something maybe similar to a small marquee or something, but they couldn't. It was an equestri-
1: equestrian centre, originally, for horse jumping or what have you, but that's it right, also did yeah. the Eurovision and stuff, but I remember the BBC yeah. mocking it during the Eurovision, but yeah. go on anyway, yeah?
6: Yeah. He, they didn't have the right equipment to get the lights high enough, so they had to call to the local parish church, and the parish priest actually <laughs> he fetched a ladder and gave him a ladder to use. That's how kind of bad things were. Yeah. that was around um, yeah. the, the late 80s that he was really down in his so, luck. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah, luckily yeah. he kind of
1: he resurfaced. And tell me about your gigs then, what you do, because you call yourself a satirical yeah. performer. What's that?
6: Well, it's 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 not so much kind of. It's just that his, I suppose, um, his songs are kind of they're, they're dramatic and they're mini operas, and there's a bit of sarcasm, tongue and cheek kind of stuff with all the songs. And um, I suppose I like kind of conveying that side of it, the funny side of it, you know. And the audiences react to it; they love it. I don't just sing Meat songs, but back in the late and uh, nin- the mid nineties, Tom Kenny, the late DJ. Do you remember Tom Kenny? Yeah, he away, I yeah, years ago. I do. Um, Tom came up with the idea of running a stars in your eyes competition in Cork (laughs) because it was very big on ATV. At the time there was no um, voice you care, no X Factor that time. So he ran one in Cork and and I won it, luckily enough. The final was in Rochester Park and I won it. And ever since then, people were saying, Jay, you should put something together, you should put something together. So we did and we had a band for a good number of years, um, Cair and myself and another few... But Ken O'Regan and then we put a band together and we we, we played a, around it, the country really and it was brilliant, you know. It was uh, fairly taxing. Did oh, you right, go like for the,
1: the Did you go on to try and get into the ITV version of it? Then
6: we did. We weren't successful. We sent it, we, we auditioned for it, but um, we yeah.
1: weren't successful. Yeah. Time, and when percent. you won the when you won the Cork Stars in Your Eyes, what what yeah. of song was it? I would do anything for love, but I won't do that. And what the hell is that song about? I mean, what is it? He, what is it that he won't do for love? <laughs> a lot of people kind oh. of miss that, but
6: but he, he was he used to get tired of answering it. Actually, he said, but, <laughs> but it's actually at the end of every, just before he says it. There's a line before it, like the first time around all he'd say, like, "I'll never stop dreaming of you." She kind of, she's in love with her. She kind of wants him to kind of forget about her and move on. The first time he says that, I never stop dreaming of you. I do anything for love, but I won't do that. Yeah. I never forget how you feel right now. I do anything for love, but I won't do that. So,
1: All right. So, right. Well, you kind of because there's two. Well, there's probably more mysteries in music. One is what the hell American Pie is about, and the second is what the hell is <laughs> I do anything for love, but I won't do that.
6: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if, if I suppose if you just before he says it, the next time, I know if you're listening to it. Just before he says the line every time. <laughs> there'll be a little line before it kind of
1: saying what he won't do. You yeah. know. Are you still gigging Meatloaf stuff then? I'm still, I'm still
6: gigging my own now. I'm working up here in the Cork Academy of Music. I teach music up here with Billy O'Callaghan. That's it's
1: actually I- Billy texted me and said you need to yeah, talk to Brian. <laughs>
6: yeah. But I, do, I, I gig at the weekend and I just gig on my own. But we were just before COVID we were putting the band back together and COVID came and then hit. We were rehearsing actually and um, four of us were rehearsing and it was brilliant to rehearse again and just listen to the Meatloaf songs. They're so... Energetic and yeah, so kind yeah, of yeah. powerful, like and so hopefully, and as you said, this might be the catalyst to try and keep it alive, you know, and keep his music alive. So
1: without a doubt. And listen, it's when hard. you have a gig organised, because everything is opening up, it's going to open up really rapidly, very fast. We'll yeah. know enough a lot more yeah. later on today. Do let me know where the gigs are because people would love to go. Oh, thanks Brian. very much. They'd love to go. Thanks
6: for you much. Yeah. But we listen, had great t- days, great days when back when we were doing this, um, I had great friends helping me as well, Sharon, now and Owen, other people helping me, and and. It was fantastic, so definitely I yeah, will. Yeah, I i I'll be delighted.
1: Fair play to you. Listen, good to catch up. Sad as the news is. And thanks very much for the call. You're more than welcome. Bye. Have a great weekend. Thanks. Talk soon. Bye Take up. care, Sean. Good morning.
7: Hey good, good, good morning. Good morning. Happy New Year
1: to you. And you too, nice. my man. Um, you went, to you. You went to you went Thank to a couple of different gigs, didn't you? One in particular stands out. Is it a gig in Thurles? Was it?
7: Yeah, to be honest with you, uh, it was just uh, the one gig I ever saw uh, Meatloaf in, and that was back in 1990. It was uh, Fela 90. <sighs> it was the, the first year of Fela, and uh, it was a Friday night gig. Um, Meatloaf was headlining. He was probably the, the one on. and only. There was only very few international acts in the first year. Um, and I'd I say he was happy
1: Neil- to be gigging because things weren't going great then
7: for him. Wasn't great back then, though, in 1990. Yeah, yeah. Um, I knew a little bit about him, um, I suppose, just from the radio and stuff. I didn't have any of his uh, records or anything back then. But um, I remember that Friday night, being at the gig uh, right up the front, um, Meatloaf, Meatloaf came out. Um, he was standing there in the middle of the stage, you know, doing his stuff and all the rest. And during this, during the set, he just uh, stopped. He took out a hairbrush <laughs> out of his pocket. He brushed <laughs> his hair. He was dripping in sweat. tied back his hair. Into a point hell uh, and just took off again and his hair bits of hair blowing in the wind and stuff with the lights and stuff was it
1: was a kind of a memory a kind of it was just amazing memory, memory that stuck in your head yeah it
7: stuck in my head those years Neil because he was um, a big was guy like and my... he
1: sweated profusely yeah
7: oh yeah what I remember there was, was a big guy back then and uh, probably got bigger as he got older he I did no well, anyway. and his
1: weight fluctuated an awful lot for a long periods and is. he was as thin as it a is. whippet and then big again yeah, it
7: yeah. Is. I think his health wasn't great there in recent times but uh, yeah it was probably my it was my first festival Neil and most of money, but... Uh it was a great, a great uh, start point. It's so, one of those memories. Well so you, um, yeah. you know, to music, uh, following music and stuff.
1: Well done. But anyway, that,
7: that's my memory, Neil, anyway, anyway it take care, John. Uh,
1: anyways, so. Take care yourself. Take Have a great weekend. All the best. Saw Meatloaf in concert in Mill Street many years ago. One of the best concerts I was ever at. Rip. Another person saw him in Mont Park in eighty two. Wow, absolutely amazing. Loved him. Eighty two. I remember Meatloaf playing at Conna Castle. I don't remember the year, but my older brother and his friends went, uh, and they used to go every year. It used to be. The the highlight of the summer, the Conor Castle gigs. Sad passing of Meatloaf, wondering what uh, I won't do that means. I hope that you got an explanation from Sean, or sorry, from Brian Morley as to what that lyric means. Uh, love to hear you took the words right out of my mouth says Elaine Holmes in Bwing. Devastated over Meatloaf, the montage you played was brilliant. I fell in love with Meatloaf at the age of nine on a road trip from Cork to Navin. I guess that's listening to the music. He wasn't in the car with you. As soon as your show's over, I'll be playing Meatloaf for the day to commemorate. I double dare you to play the full version of Paradise by the Dashboard Lights as Tricia in London. I love a dare, me of a coward at the same time, though. I think that's very long, isn't it? Uh, and then lots of other texts coming in. Status Quo also played Neptune. City Hall wasn't available for them. Oh, yeah, Quo gig. That must have been great and loud. So keep the texts coming. I see loads coming in. You can choose the next one. You've chosen the first one already, which was... Uh Already played uh, two out of three M So we'll do another one this side of midday. Back after the break, we've got some free food Friday shout-outs on the way. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now on the new
0: number 0818-104-106.
1: Incredible call yesterday from Sarah at the age of 62 and the uh, ticks that she has of a lot of things that she put down on her bucket list and has already achieved uh, and has more to achieve. I will be updating with her because we have news for her regarding her bike and bike training and I should have some news as well regarding the boat and some boat training and both of those can be ticked off and should be up and ready to go for the back end of the spring or maybe even sooner and enjoy the summer on the water and maybe enjoy the summer on a bike. Not quite sure what kind of a bike, but we'll find out lots of texts on that. Yesterday also we were talking about the healthcare bonus that will go to uh, healthcare workers and indeed the army for working uh, through uh, COVID, mind you. There's a lot of people saying that others are also entitled to it. I get all of that. We discussed it. Some texts from yesterday. I'd like to know if Home Helps are entitled to the bonus as well. They work for the HSE. They never stopped working throughout the pandemic either, attending to clients six or seven days a week. It's frontline as far as I'm concerned, says John. And and I agree, And, and I would think, I'm open to correction, I would think that anybody working for the HSE, including Home Help, anybody working with any kind of patients or clients, would be entitled to the 1,000. You can correct me if I'm wrong. If they can't give everybody 1,000 euro, then why don't they put a stop on people's tax? A couple of months of not paying tax would be a benefit for a lot of people. Just give us all a tax credit. What about teachers? Any bonus? Not yet anyway. They're not included. John o. Donovan says, All for one and one for all. Who was it used to say that? Was that Robin Hood? He says, either everyone or no one. Phil says, it was announced that the army is included in the payment, although I believe the nurses would be entitled. I think the consultants and the doctors should not get it. Another one, just a point in regarding the €1,000 bonus for health workers and the extra day public holiday. I'm a self-employed builder. I've had a year of no work and this year we're trying to make up for lost wages during lockdown. The health workers worked through lockdown. They were all paid through lockdown. It's the self-employed who suffered. And now we're told we're to lose another day's work to a public holiday. In the UK, self-employed have had up to £15,000 thousand euro in support payments. I've spoken to many friends over the water who have received this payment. I have the utmost respect for our health workers and the great job they do, so I'm not having a dig at them. It's just that the whole system is wrong, says Jason, particularly with regards to healthcare work, sorry, regards to uh, self employed workers like himself. Just another few. What about all of us who were fitting broadband during the pandemic, assisting people to work from home? Uh, are we not frontline? Are we not entitled to a thousand euro? Another one I heard, I've heard it all now a thousand euro for GPs and doctors. Are the government actually having a laugh? Do the GPs really need a thousand euro? They're all loaded. I doubt it's the doctors pushing for this. It's unions constantly pushing. What about me? I'm a supermarket worker. Worked hard over the last two years. You did, and that you should be entitled to it. The question is, is it the state should pay you, or is it your employer? You know, particularly if it's a big, massive, multinational supermarket. My daughter's a chef in the CUH. She is not getting it. Cleaners, porters, admin staff are getting it. This is all wrong. It is wrong. And I'd say you'd be very depressed now if that was the case, that a chef wouldn't get it, but that the cleaners, porters, admin staff and the healthcare workers do. You need to brush up on your research. It was made crystal clear that the army members... Yeah, I did that yesterday. They're also getting 1,000. Oh, yeah, I see. The bitching has begun. I'm an ex-military man, and I reckon the text about the army uh, getting the money was from a guard. They didn't do much in COVID. They only checked for tax and insurance, the guards. They got a lot more paid than the army. And can to do so to be better paid than the army, navy and the air corps? And they're better paid than nurses. Oh, the bitching has begun. Um, that's somebody who's ex-army saying that uh, uh, the guards shouldn't get it. Uh, what about couriers who were supplying the chemists and the hospitals? I mean, come on. Well, Michael McGrath said yesterday that they, they they had to draw a line under it, otherwise they'd be giving it to each and everybody who would make a case. Uh, As usual, taxi drivers are omitted from the list. Should we only brought doctors and nurses to work every day? Should we only brought the COVID patients to and from the COVID test centres, says Jimmy. And one more, we work for a company that supplies all the pharmacies, every hospital uh, and home in Cork with medication and whatever they need. All our drivers went into places every day and we will receive nothing Why is it that we went to work every single day of the pandemic and put our own health and families at risk and we don't receive a single penny from our company or the state. We didn't even get a bottle of hand sanitizer off them, even though we delivered it to hospitals along with medication. I'm all for the hospitals get, staff getting it, but the rest of us, as usual, are left to rot. Uh, and two or three more, and then we'll park it. I don't know why the guards are feeling the need for a thousand euro bonus. A lot of people were giving grief at checkpoints when traveling to loved ones and traveling to work as essential workers during lockdown. They deal with the public anyway. That's what they're paid for, the guards. Plenty of us worked flat out through the pandemic in a medical in devices industry, uh, who now have to pay back tax because their employer availed of the wage subsidy scheme. It's not on. Um, I think to a large extent um, you might give uh, grief and you think it might be needed to be given to the Garda, but the actual Guardy at the checkpoints and those that were out and about on the beat, or uh, you know, they were actually doing as they were instructed by their superiors. It wasn't the actual members of the Gardaí themselves that were enforcing the rules they were told to to enforce the regulations. And then there's, don't forget us cleaners at the end of the day, we're the ones who have to clean the COVID germs. We never get the credit for the extremely hard work we do. Okay, so happy to update on those ones. On what otherwise is a very, very positive day with the announcements that are going to be made later on, uh, everything will go. And I mean, everything apart from mask wearing, but if everything goes fine, masks will be gone by the 28th of Uh, February. You know, you talk about masks or people that you can and can't recognize because they have a mask on. It's happened to me loads and loads of times, actually. You don't literally know somebody. Uh, It leads me on to another interesting story with regards to people that you think you know and you don't know. Has anybody heard the term catfishing? There's an entire television series based now on catfishing where a person pretends to be somebody else. I have absolutely no idea why. Um, is it predominantly men do it? I'm sure women must do it as well, pretending to be somebody else, like almost hijacking somebody else's identifi- identity. Photographs, the lot. Um, there's a good story on this actually on side, and uh, I'm happy to say that a regular contributor to the program, Julie Haynes, decided recently to step back in and at least dip her toe into the dating game. She joins me by phone. Julie, good morning.
8: Hi Neil, happy Friday
1: And you too, I picked up your story on, on RSVP Live So you decided what? To go onto a dating app, was it?
8: Yeah, like everyone and their mother, I suppose, Neil, at, at, at this time, we're all on dating <sighs> us because there's no mingling, there's no more nightclubs, there's no more meeting guys out in the bar like we used to years ago, pre-COVID. Yeah, but you can do all of that now next week. I know, but the thing is, I'm I'm a frigid now. Again, Neil, if a fella came up to speak to me, i run
1: mine You wouldn't know what to say. You, <laughs> you've know. lost you've lost the ability to flirt.
8: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <sighs> me and hundreds of others. But, but um, you yeah, came so across
1: but some kind of a weirdo, did you?
8: Oh God, it only happened to me. So, yeah, I met this guy on a dating app prior, prior, yeah, just a week or two before Christmas. And we matched on a Sunday morning and he messaged me on Sunday morning and he was like, um, hi, how are you? I said, good, thanks. I was like, I'm a bit hungover. He He's like, like myself, I was out last night and I like, had oh, go very good. I said, where are you from? And he says, I'm originally from Limerick. I'm a self-employed builder.
1: This, of course, now that people don't know, is back and forth by text, yeah?
8: Yeah, well, this was the first message, though he was kind of introducing himself. Yeah, okay, go ahead. And he was just saying that he was a self-employed builder up in Limerick. He's actually kind of making it up in Limerick. And he had another two or three guys working for him in Clare, and now he was down in Cork. He was trying to break through Cork, he say, you know. So I was like, oh, firstly, you really have your head on your shoulders. And, and to
1: extend yeah, his construction empire into the rebel county.
8: Yes, exactly. That's what his plan was, he was telling me. And I was like, oh, brilliant really, really normal out like this guy, right? Chatting, really respectful, like, you know, I'm on that app now a couple of weeks and like some fellas could be very sleazy and I would just delete them straight away if they ask, like, if, if they ask any imp- inappropriate questions. Yeah, that, like, I know? think it
1: can be inappropriate questions and also for intimate photographs and all that kind of yeah. nonsense, yeah?
8: Yeah, what, what I would block straight away because he's just a sleaze bag. Yeah. But this guy, as I said, very normal. We were chatting them you know, about hidden assets was on at the time on a Sunday evening, wow. and I was watching that e- that evening. And I was telling him he's like, "Oh, I love that as well." And we were chatting about king and the fall, like, and we were, all, we were into the the normal TV series, yeah. And then um, as Christmas was approaching, he says, um, And what about Christmas? Are you doing anything for Christmas? And I says to him, Look, my dad is actually actually passed away earlier in the year, and my grandpa passed away three weeks ago, so we're going to have a really, really quiet Christmas. And he was lovely. And he said, Oh, Julie, I'm so sorry to hear that. My own father passed away three years ago as well. And, like, you know, he really reassured me. He was really sympathetic. He was lovely. Yeah, yeah. So he said, Look, I'm not going to say it gets easier, but, like, you, you learn to live with a blah, blah. Really lovely. So then, I dropped the bombshell. that look to be honest. I actually have a set of twins myself. I'm a single mom to twins. They're four, and he's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe that." He said, "I'm a twin myself."
1: Ah, my (laughs) yeah, like your your head screwed on. Like, did did any alarm bells start to go off that everything you did he is the equivalent of no
8: so i was telling one of the girls and she was kind of like oh, I don't know Julie but at this stage now, I'm so weak I'm blindsided alright I'm like no he's normal like so oh, he's really respectful not asking me for any sort of pictures or not like you're not not being sleazy or anything, like. Sure. What else do you want? Like for me, she was like, I don't know, Julie. There's a couple of red flags there. Watch yourself for him.
1: I you seen at this stage any. F- You've seen a photograph oh, of him, photograph.
8: Yeah, yeah. There's photographs on the, the, this app, like yeah. So they're all very normal photographs of him in a bar or him like playing golf or him in his household and his dog. So. I'm oh wondering. yeah,
1: you want to get a woman, get a dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was the dog say, photograph. Right? Yeah.
8: Soon as I dropped the twin band- bombshell, and he says, um, Oh, I'm a twin myself, and you won't believe this, Julie, but my twin had ba- twin babies 10 months ago. So I says, Oh my God. So at this stage now, I had him up the aisle for July 2024. I'm like, Ah, where's Max made in heaven? And he sent me a picture of him holding the twin babies. They're only 10 months old, but they're in matching clothes, like matching jerseys, Celtic jerseys. And so I'm only week as i said now in my mind i had the man up the aisle right <laughs> so he <laughs> said to me that evening but so this is going on day two now of texting or day three maybe so that evening then he says look he says are you free tomorrow he says i understand you're off the walls with the twins and bedtime or whatever so look as you know i'm self-employed i'll knock off whatever time i want so i can meet you at four that way you're home and all for our bedtime
1: yeah but so he's, he's in limerick he- isn't he
8: no, he's down in Cork now, trying to break through Cork, remember? Oh, did he say,
1: did he, so he he actually had moved, did he say something about it? Or I'm yeah. in, I'm, I'm, was he living in Douglas now, in inverted Douglas, Douglas
8: yeah. yeah. So he's only 10 minutes away from me, so he's like to me, look, I could knock off any time I want. He's telling me he's working in Glanmire. I'll knock off whatever time I want. You know, I'm self-employed and I'll meet you at four o'clock and you'll be home and I'll put the kids to bed. And I think like, this fella's really understanding, you know? So I'm weakening myself. So this is a Wednesday anyway, I'm at home, and he's like, look, I'll give you a text later, leave, you know what the crack is. Now I was like, brilliant. Neil, I'm a stay-at-home mum. I never put on makeup or get dressed up in midweek, never. I'm like, oh, I normally wear oversized hoodies and leggings, and so my hair up the top of my head. I'm all up on a Wednesday afternoon, and we're waiting for my Prince Charming, right? Oh, God. I heard nothing, and I text him and I'm like, well, what's the story? You still not know, early? hope, hope as well, because I heard nothing for hours and hours and he says oh Julie I'm so sorry a wall fell down no all because no I had my friends in my ears anyway said so Julie there is a couple of red flags I just alarm bells to ring when this a wall fell down I says go away oh that now Humpty Dumpty I says what's your surname actually because he never told me his surname he wasn't on any social media so he says Murphy we say and I started googling we say Anthony Murphy and like nothing was coming up for him and if he was trying to break through court, like the way he was saying I'm surely to God he would have put out some ad or you know,
1: like yeah,
8: yeah, whatever. You know. There's so no you actually went so
1: far off. as to drill into rip.ie, did you?
8: Yeah, because as I said, his he was out to telling me his dad was out passing away for years prior. So I went out myself one of the girls. I swear to God, we went down to rip and I looked up. He was out telling me the town. He wasn't from Limerick City, he from from some village. So I put in. We say Murphy and the town. And next thing, this man came up and. You know, when I go up with Neil, if you passed away in the morning, you'd have Neil Prenville on RIP, and then probably in brackets, brackets like radio presenter or something like that.
1: Oh, you're giving me the shivers.
8: Yeah, but you know, this guy you now had in brackets. Give
1: me dead and um, buried.
8: Yeah, like he had in brackets, we call him John Murphy. In brackets, then, um, it's like builder or contract builder, something like that, anyways. And it was. What it can was, I know what this man is after telling me? And I was like, is that his dad? So, you know, the way then it says, mourn by sons. Paddy, Jimmy and Jack. Correct, yeah. So I was like, oh my God, is that one of them next? Like, so I went on to, again, went back onto Google and I Googled all of these lads, but sure wasn't my fella at all. I was like, Anna, oh, no, there's something up. So I called him and I texted him back and I was like, you're a catfish, to me 100%. And he had the cheap to call me off my game and your man then hiding behind fake pictures and here I am off my game, he says, and he blocked me.
1: Was that his, was that his only response? You're off your game, blocked?
8: Yeah. Yeah, it didn't leave me like didn't give me a chance or anything to message back because I was blocked. And so did you? No
1: you know, what? Like, did you? That's that's the end. Of, like, what? Why do people do that? I mean, what's the reason for it? Like, are they lonely I, or do they think it's funny?
8: Well, you see, that's it. So then, like as you know, I have I have an Instagram following. I've over eighty thousand following now on my Instagram. So I came on for the crack and I was telling everybody on Instagram, the like, girls, you won't believe what's happening to me. So I repeated the story of what I'm just about to telling you. Next thing, Neil. I, and because I was after saying the twins and that was a lovely photograph he was after sending me five girls came forward and they sent me a screenshot of this guy and we're holding the twins and i like Julie is that him I
1: said of five it? different would there be five, five Cork tw- girls or from around the country
8: so that's it there was most of us from Cork there was one girl from Clarny so it was between Cork and Kerry and I reckon like the girl in from Clarny he catfished her about a year and a half ago so he's on, he's doing this a year and a half do you think he's catfish- in Cork
1: Julie or what
8: I would say so because when you're on these apps, like you have a certain radius, like it might go over 10 kilometers, or like you don't want to have a pin pal up in Donegal. You and know? did they all
1: say similar stories that he was just perfect and the date was, perfect. you know, he just didn't, yeah. the last minute then he cried off, is it?
8: Yeah, exactly. Or any time they were re- like, I was. And whose
1: photograph is it? It's some guy somewhere else in the world,
8: isn't it? No, no, England. And like a very normal guy. So that's so that's what happened. Now when I told my Instagram, all these girls had to come forward. And this one particular girl came forward and said, "Julie, I was chatting to that lad for weeks and weeks and weeks, and like that kept coming up with excuses not to meet me. So because he was using all these pictures, whether it's his friend now or whether he's just stalking this guy, I don't know. But he was using this, this fellow's pictures." And one evening, he sent this girl a picture. Said, "I'm just in from work," but she screenshotted the picture and she zoomed in, and she could see the work crest on his uh, on his jumper. Yeah, and hoodie. yeah. So she googled the, the the name of the worker, the business, wherever, and then she find the real guy.
1: So this guy in in Newcastle doesn't oh, he's even he's realise born, that. that there's a guy in Ireland, probably in yeah. Cork, pretending yeah. to be him all of the time.
8: Yeah, yeah. And like, she sent me his LinkedIn for his Instagram, so I went down myself. And he's a very normal guy. Did you tell him?
1: He, w- that there was a I guy.
8: No, because I'm Because he just got engaged, and I'm like, "You're one and be like, come over that one over in Ireland. This week for you." I know,
1: sure. I mean, I don't know whether it would be right to say it to him or not. I yeah, don't know. Maybe you like. Yeah. Sometimes you're better off not knowing. But how did it make you? It's a form of voyeurism. He obviously gets people get a kick out of this. I know there's an entire TV series dedicated to to catfishing. But how how honestly did it make you feel?
8: You know what? I was lucky because I was only chatting to him for three days, and like. Like as I said now, I nearly had him up the aisle. I once said to even meet the guy, but he was so lovely but you know what, at the time I was laughing and joking about it, but now since the last two weeks and what's actually going on, you'd be thinking to what, what what's he planning? It might it might be a well, woman I don't know. But like what what's he planning? You don't know,
1: you see. That's you just know? it. You don't know. You, I mean you like know? He, you know I mean I mean we hear all too often of women supposedly falling in love with a person who they think is genuine and they end up cleaning out their bank accounts and stuff yeah. like that. You know, I, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that, that catfishing, does it ever go that far? I mean, you don't know. You
8: wouldn't you would know. Like, you know, he's doing it a year and a half, whether this guy or Jesus could be a woman behind the, the page. Like, whether he or she is so lonely. You on don't even COVID know that it's a man because you never
1: actually yeah. spoke on the phone.
8: Never, never. So, like, whether it's down to COVID and restrictions and they like, have no friends or family and just really, really lonely or... He or she is up to something. Yeah,
1: it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of sad though, in the sense that you you want to meet somebody. You got a full on life with the twins. You're very, very yeah. busy, but at the same time, you're, you're a woman. You want a relationship, and this is the oh. this is the fool you come up against.
8: Exactly, and as I said, very normal pictures, like pictures with him and his friend. Like there's other people in the pictures. As I said, him holding his dog. You know, they weren't. It wasn't like a soccer player. You know, sometimes you see those pictures a mile away, like as, I don't know, a big model or a Google images yeah, or something like that. Yeah. This was a very, very normal picture.
1: You just and don't know anymore in the world. There's apparently a text that says there's a fascinating podcast on catfishing. It's called Sweet Bobby. It was yeah. a girl doing it to her best friend who was another girl. You aware of that? I heard of that
8: podcast. I didn't listen to it myself, but I definitely
1: heard of it. Yeah, it's amazing. So, what, what's, what's the deal going forward? Are you still um, interested?
8: Well, with the restrictions, hopefully, we missed it now this evening. We'll be back to some bit of normalcy maybe next week.
1: What's a perfect man to you then? He's clearly not this character, but what would he be?
8: I would, you know what? Uh, are you attracted? To, is, it,
1: is it definitely a builder, is it?
8: Oh, I love the Snickers type. You know what? Because uh, I'm a single mom, I can't hang up the pictures Are any frames. I need a man to hang up like shelves like, uh, Yeah, and but what room.
1: is he? Uh, that's fine. You want him to do work for you. But what's he got to look like?
8: oh I like I wouldn't care once he was a bit funny and just not like uh, funny I would love somebody funny now and just uh, you're, her.
1: come here I didn't come down in the last shower of rain women say that oh yes to have a good personality <laughs> it's not true it's, he's got to have more Luke than that
8: aye but like personality captures the heart doesn't it Neil <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, okay. All right. Well listen, good luck. Have a great weekend and hopefully you'll have better success going forward.
8: Take care. So Cheers.
1: Julie Haynes is on Instagram at twins and me. Back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville show now. Oh, yes. Red F M. Be careful out there in the digital age of dating. Actually there's an article in the Times UK this morning saying which magazine did an investigation into Tinder. Apparently apparently you pay for Tinder. I didn't know that, but I guess they got to make money too. But they discovered that if you're over 50, you pay nearly 50% more than somebody who's under 30 for the very same products and the very same service. There's age discrimination for you that the over 50s, are they saying that they have more money or they deserve to pay a little bit more money for love? I don't see why. But that's the way it's working out, apparently. Anyway, it's a free food Friday, courtesy of ourselves, an Oak Fire Pizza. So this will feed 15 of you. So it's the big, large, jumbo large pizzas with garlic breads, potatoes, drinks, dips and desserts. And the only way you'll win and feed 15 of you is if you text where you are and who you are to 86 A lot of this, of course, down through the years has been for people in the workplace. That changed somewhat because a lot of people were working remotely. Some were going to work and some weren't. So you're all included in this. Text 086-8104-106. Who you are and where you are and who you're working with. So some Free Food Friday shout-outs. Pat Dalton, pharmacy and staff on the North Main Street. Morning to you all. To Logitech, the claims team, working, especially Megan, Susan and Shrikish. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, The January blues will be banished with pizza. Uh, Billy at SOS Recovery in Blarney and also on the Tremor Road there's 12 of them working with SOS Bandon and Golf Club uh, for Adrian, Mickey and all of the hard-working green keepers keeping the course in top condition everybody working uh, from home including Pat Dunley in Blarney with Niall and Paul and all the lads working for Kevin McAllen Building Services for Barry Joyce Cole up at the top of Fair Hill. Morning Sandra. To guys hair salon on the south main street who are listening. Amari Ireland are on board on the Tremor Road. Maria's working at home and her son's favourite food is pizza. Be safe group on Monaghan Road, uh, Prompto Dispatch on Watergrass Hill, Eurocar Parks in Duke ERA Downey McCarthy on the South Mall and just one or two more for all of the hard working staff in the Heather House Community Nursing Unit at St. Mary's Health Campus in Grawn, All Round Beauty in Mayfield and Little Island Dental Surgery. So keep those texts coming and we'll do one more blast of shout outs uh, around about 20 minutes past 11 and then someone's going to win all of the pizza courtesy of ourselves and Oak Fire Pizza. A lot of texts and emails and different topics over the last couple of days. I'll plough into some more of those. And one or two of the topics that touched the hearts of many people over the past couple of days have also garnered uh, quite an amount of texts and calls too. And one has to do uh, with this bonus, the 1,000 euro bonus. Vincent, good morning. Good morning, sir. I mean, it's a great day today. It's a happy day. I'm trying to accentuate the positive as often as much as I can. So can I just ask you, are you happy with the news? Oh, I'm always happy with good news. Yeah, well, you know, that restrictions are lifting, (laughs) that announcements announcement will be made today. It's a good thing, right?
9: Yes, but Mickey Mickey and I will come out with the cold guns blazing tonight, I suppose.
1: In what way? The big speech he's going to make tonight. Yeah, but I mean, I think it's one that he's looking forward to, you know? He probably is, yes.
9: But I'm uh, not looking forward to other things, uh, uh, Neil. I tell you... On, on Sunday's Independent, first of all, Sunday's last Sunday's Independent, there was a small notice in the middle of the paper. 52000 for the CEO of the horse board, the horsey people, the millionaires. Mr. McGrath and the Minister for Agriculture gave, I think it was a horror actually, a lady, an extra 52000 onto her big salary. Right.
1: What's the salary, do you know?
9: I think it was 190. So 190
1: then, plus 52.
9: Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Another 52 on again, like.
1: And, uh, and yet, of course, we know what the head of the HSE earns an astronomical amount of money no, as well. Don't
9: it's, talk, it's, man, you know. So, but on, uh, the other, on the other hand, then, Niall, the old age pensioners, they got a fiver. I know people, including myself, I got 490. They kept back 10 pence.
1: You see. That,
9: that, and that, then my th- my friend my friend got was kept back fifty cents. Why?
1: We don't know. Okay, how much? What is the old? What does the old age pension pay every week now?
9: Jesus, I'm not sure. I think it's about two fifty
1: 250 or two fifty two
9: or something. Two fifty two. I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah,
1: sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and ev- right. and everybody gets it. Is it? Do you think that's a fair system? That even those that are like, if those that are very rich and don't need it didn't get it, and those that aren't rich and needed get more, would that not be a fairer system?
9: Of course it would. And, and no, that's I'm just asking. I
1: mean, it. I'm not saying it should happen, because people yeah, say that the old age pension is something you pay into all your life. I'm just wondering.
9: That's crazy. But I know no, they're going to come up with Actually, they're going to give cars and drivers to all the ministers. Two junior ministers included.
1: Everyone. Two I drivers, know, actually. It, two drivers. I know.
9: Yeah, I just want to say that. And that will that will take away about from 30 to 40 detectives on guards off of the road. When they should be down on their bicycles, down every part in the country, watching these fellas, watching women.
1: Well, well it goes to show also uh, how much worry they have as to their safety regarding the public, doesn't it? That they have to give them security. It tells you what people think of politicians, I suppose.
9: Well, oh God, what about want security for? Isn't there men all driving all these junior ministers? Men? Ex-guards,
1: the, ex-guards at, most at, of them. At the same time then, giving all this money away so freely and giving out drivers and cars to every Tom, Dick and Harry, at the same time then, there's issues regarding the bonus, isn't there, as to who should and shouldn't get it?
9: Well, all the unions were jumping on the bandwagon yesterday, including the head of the guards in Limerick, looking for the bonus. For what? They got paid. They are doing their job.
1: Would you include all of the healthcare workers in that? That they got paid? Oh,
9: certainly. anybody inside the, anybody inside the front door of a hospital should get the bonus. N- not consultants, though. But all the nurses. The nurses were the worst of all. They were the worst, They were the people that do, would do the heavy work.
1: Yeah, but I can understand somebody then that was um, working under very, very difficult situations in supermarkets, working on the checkouts, working in the aisles, working on the doors. Um, they dealt with no, huge amounts they, they, of people.
9: But so they were getting paid?
1: Yeah, but so were the nurses and everybody in in, in health.
9: Uh, but the nurses were double. ten times to walk Any other people were doing but isn't it. like? Is, isn't
1: it a bit like giving something to one child and not to another? Isn't it a bit like you know inviting in, in a class of 15 kids um, you know, 12 to the birthday party and leaving the others out? It, it's hurtful.
9: Well, of course it is. But they're grown-up people every one of them are working yeah but bus drivers might be
1: hard taxi drivers might what? be hard rail workers the oh. ones that you say shouldn't get it
9: but what about your old pensioners or should they get it as well
1: for a, a bonus for Covid
9: yeah for, 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 for sticking inside the front door for two years nearly some of them
1: yeah well where would you draw the line I suppose Yeah.
9: i draw the line at the, at the, at the hospitals
1: that's Full Yeah, uh, yeah. But why is it then that I'm told that catering staff within the hospitals and chefs and oh cooks? Oh, yeah, get
9: it as well because they were hard as well.
1: Now. But apparently, I'm told don't. by text that a chef working or somebody working in a kitchen of the Cuh won't get it that's wrong isn't
9: yeah, it? uh, 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 it's very complicated the whole thing like, but yeah. people people be on the bandwagon shouldn't get
1: it gotcha no. gotcha, gotcha. alright yeah, pal have a good yeah. weekend thanks for that incidentally I did get it wrong uh, all for one and one for all uh, Seamus tells me uh, actually it was not Robin Hood it was the three musketeers <laughs> thanks for that <laughs>
10: Hey, it's Kira. Tune in to Saturday Breakfast on Red FM from 7 a.m. and wake up your weekend with music, chats, and all that's happening in Cork. That's Saturday Breakfast on Red FM with me, Kira Revens.
0: New Year New number for Neil, 818
1: 104 Yes, indeed. Free Food Friday, courtesy of ourselves and Oak Farm Pizza. So you have 20 minutes now to text who you are and where you are to 86 You know the drill. All of the pizzas and the garlic breads and the sides and the drinks and the dips and all the desserts will feed up to 15 of you, courtesy of ourselves and Oak Farm Pizza. Plonicilty, Bandon, Princess Street, Galabi Street and Douglas Village. You can order online at oakfirepizza.ie this weekend. So we've a lot to be thankful for and a lot to be happy with. After 22 months, there'll be an announcement later on today as to where we're going forward on our path to freedom and hopefully never to go back again. So we know of what they're talking about, uh, you know, that um, all of the restrictions. Um, let me just give you a bit of a list like I did earlier on. That will mean social distancing will be gone. All of the hospitality curfews will be gone. The 8 o'clock will be gone. The pubs will be back, stay open as long as they want. Uh, the use of COVID passes going in and out of places and QR codes and giving your number and your name as a lead party, all that's gone as well. And they also will be considering other things, uh, almost two years since the curtailment of personal freedoms. Mask wearing will remain until uh, the end of February. But one of the things you'll also notice that more people will be going back to work. I suppose they'll maybe be happy to go back to work, some of them. uh, And that'll be on a kind of a phased basis. You'll see indoor and outdoor events running to full capacity. So that would be music and sport and and the likes. Uh, And the cabinet will meet Um, I think the senior ministers are meeting uh, at midday and then the cabinet in full uh, will meet this afternoon and then Michal Martin will imagine the 6-1 news will be the thing to watch. But you'll certainly be seeing pubs and restaurants and nightclubs uh, likely to reopen. Some are suggesting maybe the weekend, I don't know about that, but certainly and more than likely on Monday. Uh, So that's the deal. It's, uh, it's all good news and hopefully uh, it won't be any more steps backwards. It'll just be forwards and onwards and we learn to, as the fella says, live with this. Okay. Big response yesterday to Sarah at the age of 62, recently divorced, wanted to get on with her life and make up for but I suppose she would describe as many years of lost time and lots of opportunity. She was telling me all of the things that she's achieved so far and has yet to achieve and was looking for a bit of help in this regard. And we've had success in people living their dreams in the past. Lovely texts. What a fantastic woman. It's so lovely to hear someone so uplifting on the radio after such a sad week of news, says Vanessa. Fair play to that lady learning the piano late in life and reaching all of her life goals. Uh, Grade three on piano is a great achievement as I spent 10 years driving to music lessons and still do. So well done to Sarah. All my girls went to the Cork School of Music and went to grade six. You can teach after grade eight. She's a fantastic inspiration. Um, Lovely text. That lady Sarah should try a Shannon boat cruise first. I hired a boat for a week last year in the Shannon. You could pull in anywhere, drift along, no traffic, peace and quiet, fantastic scenery, best holiday ever. Carrick Craft are the hire company and it's very safe for beginnings. I concur because I did exactly the same thing. Uh, for not quite a week, but not far off it, with Carrick Craft on the Shannon. It was a beautiful week. It was one of the weeks, actually, where we got glorious sunshine every day. Uh, Neil, please tell Sarah, don't buy a boat that needs work. Uh, Sarah, you're an amazing woman. Your positivity is oozing from the radio. I'd love to get in touch with you, if possible, says Elizabeth. Another one, tell the lady who's looking for a motorbike that the cost of lessons and going for a test is crazy. If she has a full car license um, from before 2004 she can drive a Honda 50 without going for a bike license but it has to be less than 50 cc's tell that lady to get a light motorbike the one I got was small uh, but too heavy for me so I wasn't comfortable riding it and I sold it and one final one uh, Eta says Sarah is an incredible woman and an inspiration to us all she joins me again by phone Sarah good morning good morning Neil your ears must be burning with the compliments (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they certainly
11: are, oh. and I'm really, really pleased.
1: I'm now, really, really pleased. Good for you. Okay, so what we do know of the things you've done so far is learn the piano to grade three. You also um, did uh, Spanish, wasn't it? I'm still doing Spanish. You're doing Spanish. What else have you done again?
11: Um, I um, I have. Uh, I do. I do. I've done art. You've done the art, you've
1: taken up the outdoor walking and and that's very good for the heart and you've taken up the exercise. I have
11: booked a woodworking course, a woodworking course and um, that's my first one. I actually logged on to um, St. John's College and I saw a fabulous um, jewellery making class yesterday. Well, you heard them on Um, the air with
1: us yesterday from St. John's. They have a jewellery class and there's a place there for you.
11: Yeah, well, I, did, I waited, I thought I was actually going
1: to speak to that lady, yeah. but I didn't. Okay, uh, sure, that'll probably happen today. Uh, Brenda will, will sort that out for you, we'll sort that out. But there's a place there on the course for you for jewellery. So the only two things then was the boat and the bike, wasn't it? Absolutely. Okay, okay. So I, I told you yesterday that I'd, I would uh, defer to the professionals in this. So one thing is buying a bike, right? Second thing, okay. of course, is learning how to ride the bike. So you're going to have to need to get lessons, Okay. Yes. Okay, so David, Bra- Dave Brown is a motorcycle instructor uh, and he's got apparently a two-day course. Imagine two days might do it, I'm not sure. Dave, good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm well, thank you. So can you help this wonderful lady, Sarah, to get... Um, f- firstly, you give lessons on how to ride the bike, but do you have any opinion on what kind of a bike it should be at all, Dave?
12: Okay, well, normally the procedure is somebody will come to do the training. They won't buy a bike afterwards, because then they'll know more what they're capable of uh, handling.
1: Yeah, so do you give them a bike then? Yeah, we supply the bikes for the training and everything. Okay, but say, I don't mean to be ages or anything, but Sarah's no problem. Say a 62-year-old five-foot-two woman. What? What's, what's the ballpark kind of bike there? It, she doesn't okay. want a Vespa and she doesn't want a moped.
12: Okay, so basically, the height comes in to a uh, great deal. So you'd be looking at, say, a GN125, which they're a low-saddled bike. Um, so the two both feet can touch the ground, and there's a bit of support there. Uh, the I suppose the oldest student I've ever had was 65, um, and he was, he was grand. He worked away lovely. Um, Never on a bike before, is it? Yeah.
1: That's okay. Correct. Yeah.
12: So yeah. the course, like the pen if it's the one two five category A one. It'd be sixteen hours, and if normally we could do that like two long, two full days, or we could break it down over periods of time, depending on the student and how they were how they were picking it up and how were, the the concentration and the it was going.
1: Okay, so it could be done uh, over a weekend or spread out a little longer. Yeah. So that's yeah. practical. Tell me, there's a theory test as well. What, what's that part of it about?
12: Okay, so basically to get, the, to get on the road, you have to apply to do your theory test um, to get your learner permit. Once you have the learner permit, then you go, you go ahead and book your IBT, your initial basic training.
1: With you guys?
12: That be with, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Okay, so she needs to get a learner permit because she'll be riding something over 50 cc's, I guess. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. then she's got the permit, and that's automatic. You just do that. Um, and then she books the course, and then part yeah. of it is actually up on a bike, and the other is a yeah. theory test.
12: Yeah, well, the the, co- the way the course will be worked out, you've been, you've been in the classroom for the first bit, and we'll be obviously going over the theory side of things and what to expect, and we'll be learning about the gear and the and uh, what to expect on the rest of the course. Then we ask a couple of hours, and then we go into the car park, which is sectioned off, private car park, and we'll be learning everything from how to get on, get off the bike, how to move off, how to control the bike, basically, yeah. on the slow riding skills.
1: Yeah, and uh, I suppose um, there's cones then, is there the kind of a cone?
12: Absolutely, yeah, in and out of cones, U-turns, the salams, the figure eights, emergency braking, so we'll be covering all that.
1: Good, if, good.
12: If everything is competent and and done really well on the first day, then there shouldn't be an issue for the second day, which is a bit more classroom, a bit more practice, and six hours on the road.
1: Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Now, are you keeping up with all of this now, Sarah?
11: Absolutely, I certainly am.
1: Okay, so the the actual learner permit is simple. You can get that sorted yourself. Then we can get you...
11: Before I'd get the learner permit, I'd actually have to do my period test. Yes, you have
12: to do... You have to do the theory test to get the learner permit.
1: Yeah, okay. To get
12: the learner permit, okay. first they, thing you got to do
1: so is the theory test with Dave. Yes. Okay. No,
12: no, no. You apply to the
11: NDLS.
1: Oh, it's the NDLS theory test. You're going into into the yes. city to do that one. All right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yes. Sorry about that. Okay.
11: And so, then, then I would do get my learner permit, and then I would go out to Dave.
1: But is the the theory test though? How could she do a theory test for a motorbike when she knows nothing about it? Is it just a general driving theory test?
12: Yeah, so basically she should be studying the rules. the Rules of the road, of the road the rules
1: one. Of yeah, the road. Yeah. Yeah. Why would she have and to I do mean, that if she already has a full driving license?
12: That's just the way that it is, The system is.
1: Okay, you got to go and do it again. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay, and then she's laughing, then she can get back up on the on the on the on the on the, on the bike for training. Then at that stage.
12: Yeah, once okay. she has the permit then, yep, she'll okay. do her training, and if she completes the training then successfully, she'll be issued with an initial basic training cert, which will allow her to get insured on her own bike. Okay, and
1: how big a bike then can she be insured on if she completes the well, training? if
12: she, if she does, stay, like, say, the A1 category on a 125, that's the maximum. Then you have like the A2 categories and the A categories, which will go up
1: the CCs. Okay, but she only has to do the theory test once. How can she then decide what bike to go after?
12: Well, she does the theory test, gets her permit, that's what I'm saying, once she's done the course, she'll have an idea of what bike she wants to get.
1: Gotcha, and then she can go for whatever, but it's going to recommend a 125cc motorbike, you're thinking? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Do you know Do you know about that, Sarah,
11: 125? I absolutely do. I, I know a particular girl with a 125, yeah. and she was quite happy with it for the beginning but then she went up would and you, I've seen the 125 and I personally would prefer uh, a little bigger.
1: <laughs> would, you, would you not start with the 125 and trade it in after 12 months?
11: <laughs> well, <laughs> why start with something small when, when, well, when you're going to have, so have a little bigger? What have you got your eye
1: on? I'm
11: uh, um, well, I know somebody that has a, a six fifty, and that's <laughs> miles too big for me. But just something a little bigger than a one two five.
1: A two fifty, maybe. Maybe. What do you think, Dave?
12: Yeah. Well, two fifty. Yeah, should be going up into the A two category then. Um, yeah, there wouldn't be an issue there. Well, <laughs> as I said, okay. every everybody's different. Like um, well, people will come on the course with expectations, and then they realise that okay, maybe. <laughs> it's more intimidating than I thought. So it's all you have to play it by ear and see how we get
1: on. Okay, basically. okay. Well, thank you for your time, Dave. Over to you, Dave, for the theory. T- uh, uh, over to you, Sarah, to get your theory test done with the NDLS, right? And Dave okay. is waiting for you for the course. Then at that stage, is that okay?
11: Okay. And roughly, Dave, how much is the cost of the course?
12: Well, the, cu- the full course is normally 620, and that includes uh, motorcycle for training. And if you're stuck for gear as well, we can have that. But we be part. expecting
1: a discount on that now, Dave. We'll look after that, don't worry. We're expecting a substantial discount for that.
12: We, we will definitely look after that.
1: <laughs>
11: All right. Excellent. <laughs> and can I just ask, where are you based? Based
12: in Middleton.
1: Oh, Middleton,
11: that's absolutely
1: ideal she, You're down me. that side of the country anyway, aren't yes,
11: you? absolutely okay. I am. Okay. Are, you, are you living in Middleton, Sarah? No, no, but not that
12: very far from there. Well, If you're ever passing by in the meantime, the, the weekend, if you're passing the Educate Together School and you see motorcycles in there, pop in and say hello to me. This
1: this weekend, are you free? You can hook up with him directly.
11: Certainly, I'll make myself free.
1: I'll tell you what, we'll we'll give you Dave's number when we get off the air today. You can continue the conversation with him. Dave, I I have a feeling I'll be talking to you again during her lessons, all right? No problem. Look forward to it. Cheers, pal. Thank you so much. Now, Bonnie O'Riordan is also down Middleton way. He's got the Middleton Bike Project. So it's always great to defer to the professionals. Bonnie, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Thank you so much for taking the call. Um, Sarah is an inspiration to so many people. We wanted to help her as best we can. You want to take her for a spin?
2: We will indeed. I mean, in the interim because the process now she's going into will take a little while, but we're quite willing to take her out for a run anytime the next couple of weeks. That would suit her, maybe just to give her a taste of what it's like uh, to get out there with wheel bikers. So,
1: so she'd be up on the back. She'd have a backer <laughs> off a biker, is it? Indeed, indeed. We're all open for a bit amazing. of fun as <laughs> well.
8: So that where sounds are you? absolutely
1: amazing. So tell me about the Middleton Bike Project. What do you guys do besides ride bikes?
2: Okay, Neil. Well, I suppose more importantly, we're a community based group, we're a non profit. The reason it came about was to create a safe space for anybody that maybe had some time on their hands and wanted to go to a place to chill out, have a cup of coffee and have a chat. So for all inter- you know, intents and purposes, it's really like a big community cafe.
1: And It's like a spin-off from the men's sheds and things like that, isn't it?
2: It's kind of similar. We have our own distinctions, but it's similar. Okay. In, in okay. The so you got the tea
1: room for tea and buns and what have you, and then tinking around, around with bikes, is it? Exactly. We
2: build an odd bike here and there as well, you know, but we're open uh, three nights a week at 6.30 in the evening and everybody's welcome. We don't charge anything and it, it's really for people to walk in we don't ask anything other than the person's name and they do want a cup of coffee
1: fair play you know. yeah absolutely um, it's a great idea actually And uh, you know but, but, but I know we as well be. I know as you bring in second hand bikes and you fix them up and things like that and you've got a fuss. St- you're, t- you're stocked up with tools and equipment and everything all of that we are. Yeah.
2: but I, I can tell you one thing we talk more about building bikes than we actually
1: do <laughs> <laughs> you drink more tea than anything else and we do a lot of pondering on on, on the fact of life and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, and of course all are welcome men and women so when do, do you do you not all suit up and leather up and helmet up and go for a ride
2: we do we do a few ride outs then as well you know weather permitting and we it could be an organized one it might be just a few of us We've had bikes. We did one promotional ride there about a year and a half ago, and there was 180 bikes showed up for us. It was a wonderful, wonderful day, you know? Yeah, I know. So it's everything in between, you know? And um, we've got a good bunch of guys that come and support us. And our hope is within the next maybe two months to open up on a Sunday to have a biker's cafe already in the Middleton area. And that gives people direction to kind of pop down. You know, bikers are kind of nomads in one respect, and they'll head off in all directions, you know? So we would hope in the next couple of months that we'd have this place ready, that guys can drop in for an hour, 20 minutes, two hours, whatever, on a Sunday, you
1: know. Okay, good stuff. Any thoughts on what, Sarah? Because she, she wants to jump in at the deep end, I feel. But, but you know, why, why, if she wants to, that's fine. But what do you think? Well, my thoughts are very simple. Let's let's get her out for a spin.
2: And we'll give her a spin. we we'll give her a view of a couple of different bikes and she can have a sit on all of them. And that will help her, you know, to, um, to kind of ponder away in when she's waiting for her theory test and yeah, stuff, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah. Don't, so she, don't put her up on a Honda Goldwing, whatever you do, because she'll want to buy one of them. <laughs> well, you know, anything is possible here in O'Neill. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, are you okay with that, Sarah? You're good to go for a spin.
11: Absolutely, I would so look forward to for it. Great, I'd be so. thrilled to be absolutely okay. thrilled.
1: Coming together nicely, to then. The, yeah. I certainly, you I, I'll certainly. Give, give her your 085 number, Bunny, and you can chat okay. with her directly then. Sarah will give Please. you a bell, and that'll happen. Are you talking about maybe the weekend after next or something like that, or what?
2: Anytime you're ready, we're, I'm around Middleton most of the time, so there's no problem. We can either arrange it down that side, or we can meet with somewhere else. You know? Gotcha.
1: We know, try to get a few bikes. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. That's okay. absolutely
11: great, Bunny. I appreciate that. Coming enormous. together
1: nicely for you, Sarah. Thanks, Thanks Bunny. We'll, <laughs> oh, we'll chat again, all right? <laughs> Cheers, Bunny. Take care, Bunny O'Erden, with the Middleton Bike Project. So the other thing I need to work on now is 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 getting the boat sorted. Are you going to do both of these at the same time, or do you want to park the boat and just deal with?
0: Oh no, no,
11: no parking. Absolutely not. No, we'll do both.
1: All right. Okay. Okay. No no
11: point in waiting. I have to tell you a funny story about um, a work colleague of mine. Um, Back about three years ago, in the good old days when we were able to go out on um, social outings. We were heading off out one evening to go to a barbecue in town and we were coming down Bark Street on a bus and my colleague friend Veronica said to me, Sarah, there's the bike for you and I looked around and there was a mobility scooter. <laughs> So, well, Veronica, if I can do
1: this. She was writing you off way too early, I think, Veronica was. certainly
11: was. No, sorry, no need for that. Okay, so I with, want
1: to with, teach her. Well, absolutely. In the old days, we'd be giving her the two fingers. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, maybe stay away from the Harleys for a while and stay away from the Honda Goldwings. But with regards to what would happen on the water, do you remember I said I'd chat with uh, with Eddie English, yes. yeah, who has sailed yes. Cork down in the harbour? He joins me by phone. Eddie, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? morning, Ed. I don't think she wants a boat. There's way too much work in that with sail and canvas. She wants something that will start every time she gets onto it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes.
13: Right, right, right. And she. she has she tried, tried out a boat
1: yet? No, nah, nothing, nothing. Well, well, there's, years, there's,
11: ago,
13: there's a, years ago, a
11: good while ago, I did go out on a fishing boat and had the most fantastic time. And I've always loved the idea of boats, but never had the right. opportunity well, to do anything.
13: There's still fishing boats going out of Cove and Crosshaven all the time, so that's one option to give it a go. There's um, a company in Cove called Cork Harbour Boats. And they have little small boats with um, that will take about four or five people, and you can actually hire one of them
1: and, and try it out. She wants. Uh, oh, you see, that's a good point. You, you should try something first, Sarah, rather than digging into the bank account. I mean, I don't want to be bursting your bubble, but you know what Eddie is saying.
13: Yeah, and Andrew, then the what? other thing is the other thing is besides hiring a boat, you can take you could take a day's lesson in power boats. Like, one of the biggest part of what we do is teaching people how to drive powerboats. So, I would advise knowing what to do before you would even think of buying a boat. Because when you're trying to think of buying a boat, you have loads of questions. And if you're with an instructor, they'll answer all those questions for you.
1: Will you do do that for me, Eddie? Will you meet Sarah?
13: Yeah, sure, we can do. Yeah,
1: yeah. That would be fantastic. Because I get the impression she's looking for something... Reasonably small, like a small day fisher with a little cuddy cabin on it. You know, right? small. Yeah, right.
13: little,
1: little. Little,
11: little cruise boat. You know, not. I don't want a very big one, but just to be able to get out and enjoy the sea.
1: And yeah, but I want enjoy. you to be. I see. I want you to be safe. You know, as the fella says, driving a boat is nowhere near like driving a car. You actually drive it. In the op- it's all opposite.
11: I understand, it, it, which is why yeah. I would of course take every course that would be necessary for me
13: to do. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you agree yeah, with me there, Ed? Could, it's different.
13: Yeah, we we could do that, and uh, well, when the weather gets a bit warmer, first. Um, yes. You know, it's 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 a bit cool at the moment. Although it, this is very good for this time of the year, but um, yeah, certainly we could do that, and we could get her out for a
1: tryout at some stage need, you know? Absolutely. So that's another job done, Sarah. You're getting the, the training and you're meeting the people that need to help you to be proficient in what you want to do, whether it's on the bike or whether it's on the water, you know, because they both come with their same challenges and Eddie English at Cork gives these courses that I would advise yeah. you to take. Do you agree that's the best yeah. place to start? Yes. You might go I for, might like eat. you might go, you might decide to go for a small rib, you know? I might. Yeah,
13: might. A rib is a rubber boat with a with a hard hull. you have learn yes. about all the different types of boats as well. Where are you based, Sarah? I'm bit, I'm not far from Middleton. All right, yeah, yeah. Well, we're based in East Ferry, um, which is just across the water from East Ferry, just outside yes, Cove. We're on the We're yeah. on the island. In okay, Coast, fair know? play.
1: So here's what so I'm going to do. Yeah. good man, Eddie. Appreciate it. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to. We're also going to give you Eddie's number a little later on, Sarah. You can make the calls and um, get stuck into all of the different things you need to do, yeah?
11: Yes, absolutely. I'm so excited. I'm just so excited at the opportunities that are going to open up for me here. And I think one of the first
1: things that Eddie will do will be to take you out on the water when the weather's permitting, a bit like the lads will do on the motorbikes, all right? Yes,
13: absolutely. Neil, Neil, don't go away a minute (laughs) now, because we could report back to you on this, right? Yeah. But there's something else. I was listening to you earlier on this morning about the holidays opening up, you know?
1: Yeah, great news.
13: And um, I found I had never... I've been to loads of places in Spain and we've brought people on holidays to load the Canaries and the south coast of Spain and the northwest coast of Spain. But a lot of people turn up their noses at some of the better-known resorts. And earlier, last year in September one of the places we've been going to mallorca for a number of years and we went into santa ponza and what a lovely lovely place i just wanted to say that it had it, it had been given a bad name but we went in there and a beautiful anchorage we went ashore in a small a small rib and uh, had a couple of drinks and I had a meal at anchor there did you sail so, down yeah no, we we what we do is we go to a number of places around the world, including I should be I should be in the Caribbean at the moment.
1: Pity <laughs> about you. Pity about yeah, you. Well,
13: well, I tell you a funny thing. Our our man in in uh, in Grenada, a fellow called Clem, a local guy, he's become a great friend of ours. He sent me a message yesterday with a picture of a yacht with an Irish flag in it.
7: <laughs> so and somebody said, went. I,
1: pu-
13: I pulled up to this guy, and he said that you taught him how to kayak 30 years ago
1: <laughs> small world isn't it no Santa Pons is two sides to Santa Ponsa I'm told isn't there it can be quite sedate and laid back and then it can be party central at the same time I'm told
13: yeah well we were late season we were September is when we go to Spain and when we go to Croatia the shoulder seasons when the weather is good and um there's nothing untoward about it and there's less crowds.
1: Well, you've all that to look forward to. You've all that so to look forward to. So I looking
13: forward very much. Our next trip now is Majorca. We take, I think, about eight people to Majorca, and um, we circumnavigate the island if possible.
1: Well, you never know. Sarah might be joining you on one of those trips. Anything's possible <laughs> in this woman's life, I can tell you. Good man, Neil. Good sure. man. All I'm right, Neil. Only too happy to cooperate. Fair play. Okay. That's as much. Thanks, Eddie English. Take care for now. Sarah, that's as much as I can do for now, but I'll be keeping a very close eye on your progress.
11: Okay. Thank you so much. Not at all. Buenas dias, Gracias por hablar conmigo hoy.
1: You're not sitting at the piano there, are you? No. Is it anywhere near? No. Uh, No. Ah, you're a chancellor. I bet it is. It's in the next room.
11: Absolutely no. I'm actually not. I'm down with my friend's house currently.
1: Well, the next time... (laughs) Next time I'm chatting. next time I, next
11: time I speak while so playing a little on the piano. All please. right.
1: Have a great weekend. We'll talk again soon, Sarah. Cheers Would for now.
11: Thank you
0: be in
1: same Same to you. Adios. Adios.
0: Neil's got a new number. Call him now on 0818
1: you know what? Sarah's an inspiration to us all. I don't mean to sound patronizing. I mean, in fairness, she is only 62. Now, give me a break, but uh, it just goes to show that it's never, ever too late. Talking about people's age, uh, Meatloaf uh, died overnight at the age of 74, and I've been asking you guys to pick your own Meatloaf songs. We played two out of three ain't bad earlier on this morning. You know, Cork was very good to Meatloaf over the years, you know, with his gigs. We mentioned Connor Castle, City Hall in 85, Mill Street, Neptune in 1990. Uh, Live at the Marquis and places like that Um, but Mark put together um, a montage of his music earlier this morning if you came late to the programme I'm going to play it again for you and after it it's only about 90 seconds long and after it the second most chosen song by you guys this morning will follow it Uh, Meatloaf um, passed away overnight with family at the age of 74
0: And I would do anything for love
6: Before the gates of heaven I'll come crawling on back to
1: you Meatloaf's Bat Out of Hell For some reason, dropping these lyrics into songs like that that made no sense at all but just sounded so great. Like a sinner before the gates of heaven, I'll come crawling right back to you. What does that even mean? It's a bit like somebody else texting here saying um, one or two regarding that. Got to finish the show, Neil, with Bat Out of Hell. Like the lyrics in it, he's hit the highway and is gone, gone, gone. You know, you're talking about sinners outside the gates of heaven. Or before the gates of heaven, I've had a bit of a miraculous conversion myself because for years and years I have to admit to being allergic to meatloaf. I don't know why because uh, I'm not allergic to him anymore. Maybe it's just hearing the songs loud this morning, but uh, he passed away. Overnight at the age of seventy-four, that was the second song, second most popular song that you guys texted this morning. Yes, the Eurovision was held in the wonderful arena in Mill Street. What an exciting time for everyone, and such work that all the local committees put into it. What a great time, and we were lucky to be on Mill Street at the time. So that was for Eurovision and lots of other big gigs as well. They all played there. Um, anyway, so somebody said you got to finish the show with "Bat Out of Hell." I did that. You should also think about "Dead Ringer for Love." I love that song. Thank you. A lot of people wanted three out of two out of three, and bad. So I played that. Many people are asking for different songs. I won't have time. I'm quite sure the lads will play another couple and no doubt you'll be hitting the Spotify yourself a little later on today. Um, Meanwhile, just a third and final shout out for Free Food Friday and then we'll pick a winner in about five or six minutes time, but big shout outs to Sandra and everybody working in the House of Hair and Kinsale, she's down there with Arlene Hennessy Hair and Beauty Supplies in Sarsfield Road in Wilton, looking after all the hairdressers and beauticians, are listening all the time, so is all the staff at Trigon Hotels, working hard, morning to Megan and all of the gang, to everybody at Republic of Work, including Caroline, Margot Quiva. Uh, looking forward to everyone coming back full time, that the restrictions will be lifted, yes, so say all of us Clonacilty Community Hospital, listening this morning, everybody at PMC Com- Commercials in Ballinhasic, Aldi Distribution Centre in Mitchellstown, Sugar Dolls in the Wilton Shopping Centre. Uh, just like some pizza, just one would do. It would make my wife's day. She's minding Philip. I'm working from home since the pandemic started. It's at Alex in Monastery Hill. I imagine that's Don Rochestown Way. Irish Oxygen and Waterfall Road, Kilsaran Quarry and Ovens, Sunbeam Bingo in Ballyvoland, Dunamore Family Resource Centre are listening. Everybody at the Children's Ward in the South Infirmary Hospital, uh, Argos in Blackpool, Direct Motors dot IE on the Tremor Road, Miss Designer Golf in Blackpool, morning to Monica, and just the final few for this week, St. Coleman's House in McCroom, Bloommont Plumbing in Carrigaline, Focus Ireland, Cork Simon and the HSE, they were all teamed up together in collaboration, uh, Joe Crowley Oils in Inishan Solo Hair Design in Glenn are listening, and also Mekki Sushi Rolls in the English market for everybody working there and AMS in Little Island always texting and always listening. they are the shout outs. We'll make our free food Friday draw. About five or six minutes time.
0: You're listening to the number one talk show in court. The Neil Prenderville Show. It's the best in cock.
1: On Red FM. A lot of responses yesterday about children and breathing apparatus that you might use when you have the child, you know, newborn baby at home and uh, you're afraid they'll stop breathing and then many people talking about stress and anxiety associated with, uh, with childbirth or the worry of having a child. It'll be Monday before I come back to a lot of that and lots more besides, because otherwise I'm going to run out of time. There's an interesting text here, actually. Simple solution with regards to the 1,000 euro bonus. You'll always have disagreements when you give to one and don't give to other. It can be in the family home, it can be birthday parties, invites to weddings, and this as well, the pandemic bonus. Somebody says, simple solution is that the 1,000 euro that the nurses are getting, give everyone else one week's wages tax-free, says Ian. Uh, Phil believes none of that should apply. It should just be uh, probably nurses and no one else. Is that right, Phil?
10: Yes, that's right,
1: Neil. But Uh, what about about home help workers, for instance? I'm told they're not getting the thousand, but they did incredible work.
10: Yes, of course they do. But how many people are they dealing with per day?
1: I don't know, is it about... It's the commitment really, I suppose, you know? It's like... Dealing with the the elderly, the immunocompromised, gowning up, being there to help. They could be the only person that the elderly person might have seen in the last two, you know?
10: yeah, Yes, yes. Yes, in theory, you're you're right, Dean. But anybody that walks into a hospital or that walks in a hospital, they're dealing with COVID from the second they walk into that hospital until the time they finish their shift. Now, they're dealing with the real problem. With the pandemic, they're dealing with, they're giving bloods are giving injections, they're taking bloods, they're changing their... Bed clothes, yeah. you know, because yeah. these people might have dared you. Yeah. Obviously oh, I, I understand all of they, that.
1: But, but what, I know, and nobody's saying that they shouldn't. I understand what you're saying. It's the, it's the inclusion of others that should also be paid. It is the thing. Like, people who worked in supermarkets on checkouts put up with an awful lot of grief and anxiety. Were are there handling everybody's produce and things. You know, why not them?
10: Because they're still not dealing with the, the, the real issue. You know, they don't have to change somebody's bed. They don't have to clean up when they get sick. You know, they don't have to put tubes into them. These, particularly the nurses, are there. I mean, they have a 12-hour shift. And for that 12 hours, they are constant, constant Dealing with these people, yeah, and nobody else has to do that. Yeah. What about taxi drivers who
1: took people to and from COVID test centers? What about, you know, taxi drivers who brought people for vaccinations? Who brought nurses and doctors to work?
10: Yes, they're wearing masks mm-hmm. and they have a screen between front of the cab and the back. They have some protection. These okay. people that work in hospitals, the caterers and the cleaners i don't care what they are they're the most they're the most high risk people that have to work during this Pandemic.
1: And on that basis should be them and them alone. I'm going to move on, Phil. I can come back to this on on Monday if needs be, but I just want to squeeze in one more fast call, and that is relating to the passing of Meatloaf overnight. I told you about all of the different gigs that he played, and the one that I was at was in 1990 in the Neptune, and I was saying that that was to be played in a smaller venue because of, uh, you know, he, I mean, he wasn't in a great place in his career. Corkonians well, wanted to see him, so they moved it to a bigger venue. Remember, I was talking about that earlier on. Well, it was Sean O'Sullivan, the promoter back then, uh, brought Meatloaf to Cork and put in the gig, and he remembers it fondly. Joins me by phone, Sean. Good morning. Good
14: morning, Neil. How are you? Good Very so sad to have the passing of Meatloaf. Absolutely. Yeah. And
1: do you re- do you recall the gig and booking the gig and putting it all together? I, do I think well. originally it was West well. Cork. Was it? Pardon? Was it originally in West Cork and got moved up? Should was we- it?
14: to West Cork down in at the Times down the Munster Arms Hotel in Bandon Yeah, but my, I, I worked with Tommy Swarbrick on, on the show and we decided to book the Neptune Stadium and we couldn't stop selling tickets the tickets were going for between 34 and probably 36 euro at the time we couldn't get enough tickets um, uh, to, to, to fill the masses really for the people that wanted to attend
1: you were we surprised you were surprised by that were you
14: Totally surprised, totally surprised. Because I suppose at that particular time he had a huge album, uh, Bad Out of Hell. Yeah. Uh, and I think that was probably one of his um, greatest uh, albums and hits. And, you know, it just was, you know, there was a lot of press about it. But I think it's just the fact that people just wanted to see him. Yeah. So we said we'd bring it to Cork uh, and bring it to the Neptune Stadium. I was time, at, I was at that be- gig.
1: Did you try and put on a second or anything because of the demand?
14: Well, well, I mean, there was, it was at least between four and five thousand. But his itinerary at the time, Neil, we would have loved to put a second show the following night. Yeah. But it wasn't what it wasn't possible.
1: What kind of but a guy it, was it, he, Sean? You obviously met him then.
14: I did, I did. Yes, he was a very ordinary guy, Neil. Really, he was a guy you know that uh, was a great talent, and um, he, you know, he was. You know, very very easy to deal with um, from a, from a monetary perspective as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And then he start, started signing autographs and etc. And selling selling his albums at at the show as well. And you know, it it was great for Cork and it was great for Netfield Stadium. And I suppose you know? he had
1: thought that the best of his career was over at that stage, but he bounced back massive then again in the decades. That well, followed. he did
14: because I think Pat Egan had brought him earlier in the time. Uh, to, a, to but at that time I think he went to Daily Mount Park but some years on when his show or when his I suppose career was waning to a certain degree Cork yeah. was a great ally to, to him and yeah. uh, was very successful and brought him back into the uh, into the limelight that's really. right
1: that's right yeah, yeah, he sold 100 million albums and that album you refer to Bad Outta Hell remains one of the top 10 selling albums of all time that's an incredible that's genius. correct that's yeah.
14: fantastic and I, I think his songs uh, will go on and on now and unfortunately he passed away but from a per- that perspective you will see I'd, I'd say a huge yeah. um surge towards um, albums and CDs from from Meatloaf because of a sudden death.
1: Big interest in him again. That wasn't today or yesterday, that's like 40 years ago, man. Time 40 flies. years ago, Mr. Mr. Uh, <laughs>
14: over 40 years ago, yeah. Hard to believe. Hard
1: to believe, and we're, Sean. We're still, we're, to and we're still
14: believe. hanging in. And we're still we're rocking still and
1: rolling. In. Well, listen, good to we catch are. up. Thanks for the memories, pal. Look after yourself. Okay, thank you, sir.
14: That's
1: up. the man who did it. Sean O'Sullivan brought uh, Meatloaf to the Neptune and they could have sold out two nights, three nights and many more besides. He passed away overnight. Now, Free Food Friday winner for today, 15 pizzas. Or, hang on a second. they'll Feed 15 if you, with pizzas and sides and desserts and all sorts of things that go with it. Uh, morning all at Red FM. It's Friday again, so big shout out to Blarney Windows Boys. Working hard in the cold mornings. We'd love uh, some pizza, please. They're all growing young men. Have a great weekend and stay safe. Okay, so we're, that's the winner for this week. Blarney Windows Boys. Um, and enjoy the pizza. It'll warm you up. Because, I mean, okay, you're fitting windows in indoor, but at some stage, you've got to be outdoors for the window as well. So that's it, lads. That's Free Food Friday for this week. We'll do it all again next weekend. Bring on the rest of today. Um, It's not as if we have to ask permission or anything like that. We're getting what we're due, and it's about time, too. So uh, later on today, we'll have an exact idea as to what restrictions will be lifted. a Fair idea about those, but more importantly when. Have a good weekend. I'll see you Monday.